Welcome to the Cane and Rinse podcast, volume 8, issue 399. And we're going to be continuing our Donkey Kong series run with Country Returns. You can play along with the show. There is literally a show to play along with. Final Fantasy 15, out in a week. That's it for the year. We'll be back in the new year with 50 more podcasts. Look out for the announcement. Follow us in the usual places to keep in touch with all that you can get every show and the next volume announcement early if you support us on patreon all we ask is the minimum a dollar a month which is currently 76p or 0.9 euro that's like a chocolate bar or something like that not very much for a month's worth of entertainment extra podcasts early podcasts extended podcasts patreon.com slash don't forget all our other content, Sound of Play on Wednesdays, Playwright on Thursdays and The Sausage Factory on Fridays. All different shows with different remits and different presenters and all a good time. Subscribe, review, rate to this one and all of those wherever you get your podcasts, be it Apple or elsewhere. And you can even listen to this show on Spotify in its free-to-air form, wherever you get your media. Uh, we also do some streaming. Check us out on Twitch. And the archive streams go up on YouTube. Subscribe to our channels on those places. And as I say, social media, if you have it, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, you can find us on there. Canerince.com is the hub for all the stuff. Now joining me, Leon Cox, in issue 399, are Brian Edwards. Hello, hello. Darren Gargett. Some orbs. And he's got some orbs. <laughs> and Mikhail Croder. <laughs> He's got some orbs, one of which is his head. What is... What, what was <laughs> yeah, that? Am I supposed to be hypnotized right now? Is that what that was? Yes. Oh, that's what it was. Tiki. The tikis, of course. Yeah. Tikis. Okay. <laughs> okay. Not your best, Mikhail. You don't know what you're saying. But we were saying... A, I couldn't do monkey noises again, like... Uh, yeah, true. On the, on the original trilogy. You could have done. Anyway... <laughs> Uh, we'll talk about the enemies and the fact that this is a wordless game has already come up. There are There is no script to this game other than a few words on the screen for menus and options. And, oh, actually, no, it's not quite true because Cranky says some stuff, doesn't he, in the shop? Yeah, he gives you I, some I've stick. I've forgotten about that. But there's, uh, they're, they're all speech bubbles. There's no actual speech as such other than some monkey noises, which I think are performed by human voice artists. But anyway, <laughs> Donkey Kong Country Returns is a 2010 it's a 2D platformer. Some might call it a 2.5D platformer because you go into the background. There's no such thing as 2.5D. We should remember that. But it's a 2D <laughs> platformer made out of polygons. And sometimes you're further away from the nominal camera. But yeah, it's a 2D side-scroller. That's all mm -hmm. it is. It's an update of the Rare games from the mid-90s. Yeah. Now, Mikhail, I wanted to start with you because I might be mistaken, but I think you were probably around this time working at nintendo germany you are very correct that's Good. true yeah. so what's you have kind of a vested interest a semi-professional interest sort of yeah this should be uh should be declared off with a disclaimer yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah. yeah. no uh, but, uh we were working on the um 
on E3 promotion, I think. This was this was before Nintendo Direct, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, okay, Nintendo yeah, was still uh, doing their uh, uh, yeah E3 press press conferences, mm-hmm. and um, <clears throat> we sort of watched along with the rest of the world because we weren't really privy to the information in there. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, we wa- all watched it on the big screen inside the uh, in the office uh, when it was going on in uh, over in Los Angeles. And I was quite smitten with this uh, reveal, just how fluid everything looked and mm-hmm. how interesting some of the levels looked from the, the opening trailer. They, you already saw this, the silhouette type level in there and everything. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, I was uh, definitely up for it when I, when I saw it. Um, when it. By the time it came out, though, um, yeah, I mean, this is uh, yeah, premium Nintendo-priced electronic entertainment so uh yeah i mean it took a while for me to actually uh put down the money for it uh yeah. but i did so no uh, stuff discount for you no well not there's a little it was a, uh, a little discount but sometimes you could get better deals on uh on amazon than, yeah, uh, right. <laughs> and then from within the company but i was actually very lucky like maybe a year or two yeah it must have been two years later uh, to grab a copy for only three euros in a uh, storage uh, clear clear out, and I grabbed a couple of copies copies for some friends and for some kids of uh, uh, some of our yeah my, me and my wife's friends. Donkey Kong Santa Claus. Exactly. So everybody <laughs> was playing Donkey Kong Country Returns all of a sudden, like a couple mm. of years after its release. Nice. Uh, and you've been back to it at all recently? Yeah, I've I've actually never uh completed the game up until uh, recently. Uh yes. not not because I was bored or turned off, it's just like, you know, oh, too yeah. much too many distractions, too many other games. Uh, Absolutely. And you know when if you don't if you don't have something like a podcast to force you to actually sit down yep. and get through some of the harder bits, it's all too easy to okay, I'm going to let this rest for a little while and play something else and then yeah, not really you know return it, to it. Return years. to it. Yeah. Yes. Or whatever. <laughs> right. Meanwhile, Darren hmm. is images himself in the style of Donkey Kong with the hair and the face. It's true. And um, he's, yeah, he's obviously been with you for the previous Donkey Kong podcast that I was mm. originally going to be on, but Darren kindly took over. And who else, you know, could, could do such a thing? Um, now, I know that you've gone back to this recently and kind of polished it off, but mm. did you get it at the time? Yeah, oh god, yeah. Um, I remember seeing it at E3. You look back at that E3 in 2010 now, and it's really like bland and drab how they present all these new games. Like mm. they show Kirby's Epic Yarn and this Donkey Kong Country Returns and Metroid Over M and uh, Kid Icarus Uprising. So they brought back some like you know some big names. I think we were yeah. all desperate for some names after like the Wii shovelware kind of era. You know what I mean? We were like, oh come on, get some good Nintendo stuff out there. Mm. I think they also showed that GoldenEye remake as well because they were like, oh yeah, it's like you're it was going all back the same the one exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. you're going back to the past, guys. You got GoldenEye, you have got Donkey Kong, and then it's just like, oh yeah, okay, I'm cool. And then yeah, so they showed all these kind of classic names and. I couldn't be more excited for the return of Donkey Kong Country, right? It's um after testing the um the second one on GBA and not really playing the third one until this year. You know, I was kind of feverish for the for for the new one really, and um yeah, I dove, I dove straight in. I can't remember if I imported it because I had an import Wii, or if by this point I had a Power One. I can't really remember those kind of details. But yeah, I definitely finished it on the Wii. Uh, yeah, waggled my way to the end, and mm-hmm. um, and then I thought to myself, I'm not going to do the Golden Temple stuff. 
And then, well, I always plan to do this kind of stuff. And then I yeah. never do because of life and all this, that, and yeah. distractions, like we said a minute ago. But then the 3DS one came out and then I bought that on launch and played that to the, you know, to, to the to the end. And then this podcast came around. So I decided to get all the orbs. So, yeah, I, I basically, well, I got 100% on my, my save file, which, you know, the game goes up to 200%. So, you know, technically, uh-huh. technically halfway if you do the mirror mode and the time attack mode and puzzle pieces. And yeah, and all that. Um, but, you know, I, I did it to, um, yeah, I did all the hard stuff, so to speak. And I'm, yep. yeah, I'm really quite <laughs> pleased with myself. Yeah, you've been, you've been celebrating and rightly so. Yeah, I've polished all my orbs. Brian, <laughs> what's your history with this particular incarnation of Donkey Kong? Well, uh, Darren already kind of uh, alluded to a bit of my history with the game as the fact that like we were kind of sick of the Wii shovelware at this point. And uh, mm. if, I, if I remember correctly, and I could be getting this wrong, I should have done the research beforehand, but I think the only other game I dusted my Wii off for in 2010 was Super Mario Galaxy 2. Does that sound right mm-hmm. to anybody? Yep, yeah. came That's out the in December. Yeah, yeah so, um, so yeah, it was one of those situations where my Wii had unfortunately, aside from going back to do some, you know, uh, Mario uh, stuff, played maybe some Mario Kart here and there, but uh, really was not little more than a paperweight that year. Um, so hold on, you yeah. didn't play Sin and Punishment too? No, I did not. <laughs> no, I didn't. Um, Incredible. Yeah. Need to rectify that. Bonsai Baba. Yeah. Not a bonsai no, 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 I didn't. no, I, I, I know, but I'm willing to learn. Um, but uh, <laughs> they, uh, yeah. So uh, I was really looking forward to Donkey Kong Country for a number of reasons, uh, but probably the most important reason was just because I was looking forward to playing some new Nintendo game on my Wii. Mm. And um, yeah, so I was a day one release, and I and I want to say you know, over the, over the course of the next week or so, I I uh, yeah, I played it through to completion. I didn't do um, at the time. I did. I didn't unlock the golden temple. I didn't do that um, at the time of playing the game. Probably got distracted by something else. Not quite sure. Um, mm. But then uh, when it was re released on 3ds, I was just kind of in the mood for uh, like a platformer at the time. Picked it up and then never really played it until getting pre- prepped for the show. So mm. me, I think I bought it. Soonish after it came out, and played some of it, maybe a, a, maybe not even halfway of some of the levels without sort of really focusing on it, but enjoying it well enough. Then, when I was uh, reviewing for a website, I was loaned the 3D version by mm. Nintendo because that's what they did back then. You get couriered a cartridge, then you play it, and then you'd have to send it back. Hmm. Um, mm. Which seemed very tight to me, but there you go. That's how they were doing things. I don't know if they still are. Um, so yeah, I played. I played that all the way through, completed it, not hundred percented because I was on a deadline. But I did. I did beat it with the help of the the slight difficulty softeners that we'll talk hmm. about. Um, and meanwhile, I think I, at some point I traded in my Wii disc copy when the Wii U digital version came out and replaced it with that. I think they were like eight ninety nine when they came out. I think they did a sort of special offer, so I got it on there, and it recognises your your old save game and stuff. So, uh, yeah, and I've been back to it recently for the podcast. Played all the way through, completed the game, and collected two of the orbs, which is not nearly all the orbs, but uh, but at least I have a sense of what the orb is like. And I've also watched somebody playing through the Golden Temple level, so I know what. I know what Darren had to do, but we'll ask him more about that later. Uh, but yes, finished and yeah, legitimately so. No, yeah, nothing other than, and um, we'll talk about the helping items, but I definitely used banana juice for the bosses um, because <laughs> there's no reason not to as far as I can <laughs> work out. Anyway, this is the first time we've covered a Retro Studios game because we have yet to cover the Metroid Prime series. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's our intention to do so someday. So Retro's a, a Texas 
based studio. And as I understand it, they were formed at least partially out of the former Iguana studio. Uh, is it Jeff Spangenberg was the, the guy at Iguana Entertainment for Turok and things like that? And then hmm. he went yeah. off to form Retro. Mikhail, you may know more than I about this as you sort of worked on the promotional side of the game. Yeah, uh, definitely. There are some uh, Iguana personnel uh, carryovers into Retro and some, some other uh, people as well. I think of course, yeah. there's some it's Software people there uh, among there as well uh, that worked on right. uh, the, uh, yeah, the, the first two Quake games. Okay, so yeah, a lot of uh, technical expertise. And obviously their first game as Retro Studios was Metroid Prime. And remember when it was first announced, people were worried and skeptical that it was a different kind of game and it was by a Western studio. And apparently the first time it was shown, the frame rate was all over the place. But by almost everyone's account, they smashed it out of the park with Metroid Prime, maybe slightly less with the sequels, but still they were highly rated games. And then this was their first game after the Metroid Prime trilogy. Hmm. So, I mean, obviously experienced developers, but in terms of a studio putting a product together, this was literally their fourth game. That's um, wild. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Monster Games were responsible for the port to 3DS, which came a little while later. They were they're a studio that was best known for its NASCAR Heat series, which ran from the early 2000s and then came back in the late 2010s, weirdly. Meanwhile, for the uh, 10 years in between, all they did, I say all, I don't mean that in a, in a reductive way, but what they did was 100% stuff for Nintendo, such as Excite Truck and Excite Bots and uh, Excite Bike World Rally on WiiWare and Pilot Wings Resort. Um, and they, the last thing they did for Nintendo was converting Xenoblade Chronicles to the 3DS. Hmm. Um, and they also pitched in with some co-development on Tropical Freeze for the Wii U. So we'll talk more about that in the next volume when we come to Tropical Freeze. Um, we'll get more into the differences between the Wii and 3DS versions in a bit little bit of background from the Mario wiki on the development of the game. Donkey Kong Country Returns development started after several core developers of the Metroid Prime series actually left Retro Studios. At the same time, Shigeru Miyamoto wanted to make a new Donkey Kong Country game and suggested Retro as its developer. Since many Retro Studios employees were fans of the series, the suggestion was welcomed enthusiastically by them. Itsuke Tanabe, who had worked on the localization of the original Donkey Kong Country, that is presumably from the UK English version to the Japanese version yeah. where, where it became Super Donkey Kong uh, and his assistant Risa Tabata supervised Retro Studios during development giving their opinions on the level designs and requesting enemies to be changed Tanabe also asked for the creation of a multiplayer mode to distinguish the game from Donkey Kong Jungle Beat which we're also going to cover in the next volume Shigeru Miyamoto also gave input such as requesting and as we know, Miyamoto's requests are not so much requests as demands <laughs> and mandates. Uh, the music must not be changed, presumably as in the tunes. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's sort of an interesting thing in itself. Anyway, Nintendo obviously published it. Brian Walker's a director with Kensuke Tanabe producing. The designers are Kynan Pearson, who worked on Metroid Prime 2 and was the guy who went on to work, or at least one of the people who went from Retro to work for 343 on Halo 4. Hmm. If you remember, a lot of people talked about Halo 4 and said it seemed to have a Metroid Prime kind of vibe to it. Mm -hmm. That's probably why. Uh, Mike Wykan also was a Metroid Prime trilogy alumni. 
And uh, Tom Ivey previously worked on things like Ultima Online and Mario Kart 7, which was later, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, Composers-wise, so the credited composers, there were several, Minako Hamano, Masaru Tajima, Shinji Ushiroda, Daisuke Matsuoka, and Kenji Yamamoto. But no credit, I don't think, for David Wise and Eveline Fisher, despite the fact that, as Miyamoto dictated, most of the tunes were from the original (laughs) Donkey Kong Country game and are effectively arranged versions and remixes, I think, are there any new tunes in here? Or are they all familiar? I think no, boss, there are. Yeah, boss music. I believe there's a bunch of new. Right. Um, okay. But, but yeah, I mean, it really the the dedication to to keeping to the original soundtrack is almost sometimes striking when you are, are playing through a few levels in a row. It's like, wow, they really they they're really <laughs> yeah. going for it in the sense that they didn't go for it. They 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 are just fine working these already familiar tunes. I mean, it really shows you how much Nintendo wanted to keep that feeling of the original yep. you know mm. the trilogy it's it's pretty it's it's impressive and also kind of surprising in in retrospect no i think there are more original compositions than you might realize yeah, there's uh, loads. There's loads. Oh, okay. especially from the second world on mm-hmm. uh and, and they're all actually the new compositions are are pretty good and fit in very well but mm. yeah i mean what you'll remember thinking back to this game is hearing the original donkey kong country tunes uh, yeah. in mm-hmm. their uh, yeah Okay. In a remastered glory, basically. Yeah. Uh, this was released on the Wii, November, December 2010, nine years ago. Shortly before the game's release in North America, Nintendo tried to trademark the pop culture phrase, it's on, like Donkey Kong. <laughs> according to the Mario wiki. I guess they failed the way that's written. I don't know. I mean, surely they have got copyright because it mentions their IP. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Also... I don't know if you got one of these, Brian, you're our US correspondent. If the game was pre-ordered from a GameStop, where Leah used to work, possibly around this time, a banana-like case for Wii remotes would ship with the game. I unfortunately did not have that. In Boom. fact, in reading the show notes, of the, this is the first I had heard of that, <laughs> and now I'm very disappointed. I'm looking at Off there's to eBay. A, there's, Off a to spot, eBay yeah, there's a spot on my shelf that would be perfect for a banana-shaped Wiimote holder. <laughs> <laughs> the 3DS version followed in May 2013 in Mm. north america and the eu and australia and japan it came out in the next month for some reason and then that wii u digital release on the e-shop came to japan and pal territories in january 2015 but for whatever reason it didn't come out in north america on the e-shop until september 2016 Mm. So they don't always get everything first, Brian. Yep. No, I don't, what the, that, was even, that was very accusatory, Leon. I don't think I ever said that we do. USA. US. No, and nobody else. Said that. No. Also, and I recommend listeners, if you haven't seen this, check out the video. And there's so many reasons to want this version, especially if you have a real problem with the controls on the Wii version. Mm. NVIDIA Shield set top box. This came out in July. 2019 this year in china it is a full 1920 by 1080p 60 frames per second version of this game exactly the same but with a traditional or standard control method like mario galaxy eh? yeah this is basically the as far as i'm concerned kind of ultimate version i would love Mm. to have access to that i don't know what the Mm -hmm. nvidia set top box controller is like that could be one sticking point but this might be a, a way too far of an aside, but is there? Do you see any 
potential hardware uh, hardware problems for them to port these versions like this to the Switch? Would that be, nope. Would that be something that would translate fairly well yep. for someone who's not a hardware guy? Okay. All right, that's what I thought. I, so I'm thinking about the. I saw when I saw Galaxy release, and I saw this. I'm like, yeah, man, that feels like it would be real nice to play on my Nintendo completely, Switch. But yeah, completely. I have no idea other than I don't know. I don't know what the reason could be. My thought was when they released Tropical Freeze on the Switch, and this was before this version came out for the Nvidia Shield of the original. It should have been a double pack. Yeah. Why was it not a double pack? I mean. Yeah, mm-hmm. I said I could sell another full price game later on. Cynicism. Well, I can't see them releasing <laughs> this for the Switch now. But if they, if Brian, as Brian says, if they released it in the form that it appears on the Shield, i.e., 1080p, 60 frames a second, traditional controls, even if they just released it as a download, I would probably pay, a, you know, like a a premium download game price for that. Uh, yeah. They they could uh, resell it as some sort of souped-up version with all the content of the 3DS game added to, to it. True, yeah, potentially. Although that might be difficult because I think like the the actual visuals are scaled differently for the 3DS and stuff like that. So yeah, just the content, of course, not the uh, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um, yeah. So the game reviewed really, really well when it came out on the Wii back in 2010. 87, almost 88 percent from over 55 reviewers. The 3DS version fared slightly less well a few years later, but still an excellent 84% nearly rating from 40 outlets. Looking at user reviews, yes, so by and large, the user reviews tally with the press for the most part. Moby Games has a 4.2 out of 5 for the Wii version and a 3.7 for the 3DS version. Over on Nintendo Life, we got 8.6 out of 10 for the Wii and 8.3 out of 10 for the 3DS. The Wii version sold and I assume this doesn't include digital copies on the Wii U, but that probably doesn't account for that many, 5 million copies on the Wii, and a further 1.5 on the 3DS, or thereabout. Not bad. Yeah, pretty decent. First correspondent of the show, Oni Link, from the forum, says, The Wii was a great system, but it didn't have too much that appealed to me, so I picked DKCR up, almost out of obligation. Here was a well-reviewed single-player game on the Wii, so I had to give it a go. I didn't enjoy the SNES games that much as I found them pretty difficult and in places unfair, but DKCR blew me away with how much I enjoyed it. The game was, was still incredibly difficult, though if you die over and over, the game will give you a pass. I didn't like this at first, but I did end up skipping two or three levels and this at least allowed me to get to the end of the game. The motion control implementation felt awkward and forced and didn't add much to the experience, but it also didn't detract from it either. The real star is the gameplay. It doesn't reinvent the wheel, but it's a really well-designed and paced 2D platformer. DKCR is a fantastic game in its own right and shouldn't be missed by fans of the genre. More to come. So yeah, no King K. Rule, no Kremlings, no Funky Kong. A few other things missing. There's quite a few. Yeah, so there's quite a few (laughs) things missing. Obviously, we've got these Tiki Drum enemies. They shipped out a bunch of Donkey Kong's pals and helpers, and it's quite stripped back when you think about it. And you look at the actual, uh, you look at the wiki and see the characters. Like, oh, there's only Rambi in there. There's no, there's mm. no dolphin <laughs> fella. Um, none <laughs> of the guards. <laughs> on guard. Dol- dolphin dude. Um, <laughs> hopping frog. <laughs> yeah, I don't know the names. Uh, it's Winky. No, that's Winky. the spider. Yeah. Winky. That's it. Etc. Uh, anyway. Squitters. Um, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Squitter, yes, that's the... Espresso, yeah. the ostrich. Absolutely. How could yeah, you not remember? Of course, from the first game. 
So yeah, uh, was this a problem for you, Darren, as a as a, as a uh, the keeper of the Donkey Kong holocron? <laughs> Absolutely not. No, I kind of welcomed uh, kind of fresh eyes on the series. Um, I wasn't yearning for Kremlins. Um, yeah, I, I don't really. Uh, the Kremlins for me, I don't really find them that appealing as a no, as a, as a force. Like K rules cool and all that. He's got you know he's a bit of a dork and he thinks he's hard and that. But ultimately, <laughs> like just yeah, I it's just Bowser I, I, really, isn't he? I yeah, mean. he's just a green you know just a weirder Bowser really with a hat on. And uh, yeah, he's yeah he's all right. <laughs> you know the Kremlins for me. They are what they are. They're just a voyage. They're just a vehicle for you to bounce on their heads, right? So mm-hmm. when they offered you know different versions of that in forms of like weird drum people, that was makes fine. sense. Like, Bouncing yeah. on drums, yeah. yeah. Don't yeah. not, not go on the ones that are on fire. It's, I think it's pretty clear that the objective was to tap into that sweet Donkey Kong uh, country nostalgia, but sort of set their own path at the same time. So yeah. Yeah, it sort of had to be no Kremlings and no King K rule. And I mean, it's it's a much heard complaint. And I kind of agree that the Tikis aren't the most interesting uh, enemies either. The Kremlings, at least from Donkey Kong Country 2 on, have uh, display a lot of personality oh, in their yeah. animations and the mm. way they walk around the stages and everything. But when you haven't played this game for a long time, it's easy to think like, oh, yeah, those stupid drums, uh, you know, like very uh, a lot of enemies that don't have a lot of personality. But then you forget about all the little jungle creatures that are yeah, in the game and absolutely. then actually do have a lot of personality in it. So that's important to remember, I think. Yeah. And I don't think of- like the, the, the having all these drum instruments on the island isn't any more out of place or in place than having a bunch of, you know, uh, you know, walking lizards on the island either. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, it's not like I didn't think really miss anything by not having the Kremlings around. But um, mm. I do miss that one particular Kremlin from Donkey Kong Country Two with the peg leg, who would kind of you yeah. know stop around. I mean, he just. I but I just want a game starring him. So that's just that's mm. a personal thing for me. <laughs> but um, but no, I mean, it, it, aside from you know, so in Donkey Kong Country Two, they were uh, the pirates, and then in Donkey Kong Country Three, they were kind of like woodland. But like, it, it really didn't. I don't think gained or lose anything from or lost anything from having a new enemy. If anything, it gave retro kind of a chance to, even though they were kind, uh, they were given the the task of sticking to the old formula. It gave them a chance to kind of make it their own with you know the, with the drums and the theme and then the music and everything else. You could kind of they kind of work their way into their own version of the old thing. So uh, nothing yeah. missing. I suppose if you're returning to the DK Isle, right, and you come back with Kremlins, then there's just a very high chance of people are just going to go. Where's what? Why? 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 Like, well, why would you come back to this island when they do the criminals <laughs> again? Like, it just seems like they'd just be rehashing old stuff. It's right? time so- to claim back your homeland. Well, uh, you know, if re- if retro came back with Kremlins, you would just be like, well, why, why, like, why does this exist when we've got the previous games? You know, it was it was definitely a chance to just kind of kick the series up the bottom, so to speak. Why do drums steal bananas? Though? Well, you know, everyone loves a banana. Because that one big know. drum wanted to have like golden hands or something. Yeah, that something was, like that. Yeah, yeah. What about the lack of <laughs> pals? Like, as in both in-game and out-game pals. So I can completely get this. It was. It was. Uh, what year was three? Was it ninety-six? Uh, so yeah. this was. Yeah. So this was yeah. fourteen years later. I can completely understand them rebooting, resetting, but they actually go further, don't they? Because they remove some of. The characters and helpers, the aforementioned ostrich, Funky Kong, etc. So it's even, it's kind of even more stripped back. Although Diddy's there, Diddy is there. He has a jetpack, uh, which he didn't have in the original trilogy. You have a, a more expanded moveset as uh, as Donkey Kong. 
so I don't think they're necessarily missed in the sense that you feel like you're playing a more stripped down game or anything. Mm. Yeah, it it feels like a reboot, right? It does yeah. really feel like they've just pressed reset on the um on the DKC series and you know, not kind of been the SNES games entirely, but kind of gone, you know, this is this is us rebooting the series and this is our own stamp on it. It's twenty ten. Uh, yeah. We have polygons. Well, right. yeah, you know, and the, the the lack of like Dixie and Kitty, I guess, and you know, the other ones that you might like. Like it didn't bother me in 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 returns, but having played Tropical Freeze straight after returns because i was yearning for more challenge i kind of wish that dixie was in it because dixie offers a different kind of moveset mm, right where right. The, the hair lifts you up a little bit and it just, it just it's just nice to have a bit of variety so in hindsight yeah but when i was playing the 3ds one again you know this week i, I was just happy to have you know just the little jetpack boost was just enough like like michael said like the moveset is slightly different for you to uh, for it to make it up for the lack of extra characters in this game. So you've got you've got the blow move and all that, right? So it's all kind of just there to give you the variety. I, I don't think this game would have benefited really from extra stuff. Um, in terms of like animal creatures and friends, like Rambi's pretty much only the, the only one, right? Yeah. 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 And, you know, I've always found that these creatures in the DKC games, they always... Uh, Three went too far in the fact that you kind of played many, uh, probably played too many levels as them. And yeah, but this one, I kind of wish they were utilized more. Yeah, but Rambi's decent because he, yeah. he tramples all over the spikes and he does like, he does the things you expect Rambi to do, unlike DK64, where he was just a mm. bit of a letdown. Like in here, he actually feels like a powerful beast. And if you lose him, or in, in my case, in one of the levels, you had to just Yoshi him into a, into a lava pit, which is <laughs> horrifying. But I had to get to the end. That's because you. Got all yeah, the Rambi's not and... fireproof in any way. No, but he did save my life, and I did manage to get one of the. Um, you know, I managed to achieve what I wanted to by just literally just binning him off. So yeah, he had, he had his uses. But Rambi for me in this game, he feels like a force to be reckoned with. Right, you get on the back of him, and that's it. You're just off. So if they could have done that with of the more of the other ones like On Guard and Squitter and Winky and all that, brilliant. But again, I'm kind of glad they stripped it back and reset the series and went you know went forward yeah. as, as well as they did we yeah. could have ended up with a sonic style character bloat if they'd carried on where oh. dk64 left off and had everybody in there from that yeah. game and and all the previous games it could have been a bit of a a mess so visually we're in the standard deaf era still a machine that uh, could be plugged into a old school tv via scart or composite or component uh, i've been playing this through my wii u which is plugged into a a modernish telly on uh, via HDMI and it it uh, it still looks pretty nice once you get used to it but it is uh, it, it, do, it does look a little rough around the edges in places just a bit low res and stuff but overall in terms of the art design um it's i'd say it's got a it, it, it's not a especially distinctive art style it's kind of obviously it's taking influences from kind of classic animation um i think the the animation is is largely you know quite exceptional um sort of cartoon quality visuals um i think as uh, i saw josh saying that he finds the art style of these games a little you know too generic a little bit too like i mean mm. i suppose if it reminded me of anything it would be the sort of modern disney animation studios stuff it's um you know it's very nice and polished but it doesn't necessarily it doesn't have a sort of artsiness about it it is very much like mainstream yeah it's very clean looking right Everything mm. looks very clean, uh, as opposed to more, more the more 
gritty look of the pre-rendered games of the original Donkey Kong Country trilogy. Mm. This was quite interesting because at the time, uh, one of my colleagues at uh, NOE, uh, I shall not name him, was sort mm. of down on the game. Uh, yeah. He was saying, yeah, it doesn't have anything, any of the soul, any of the character of mm. the original Donkey Kong Country games. And, uh, you know, Cranky Kong is not, uh, you know, he's like a shell of his former self. <laughs> he's not nearly as witty and, uh, and this and that. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, it's it's for me it's pretty much a trade-off. It lacks definitely lacks that uh that sort of more yeah, I- intricate detail. Uh and this is something we've spoken about uh as well when we went from discussing uh, Resident Evil 3 to Resident Evil Code Veronica. Mm. Uh but then you get of course the the, the more dynamic uh aspect of poly- polygonal graphics uh, uh yeah. You you get those back for it, so you uh, so yeah, a lot of uh, uh, environmental interaction and uh, and and things that come crashing down and 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 uh, areas that uh, that morph and change. Yeah, for me, the outstanding levels are the silhouetted levels, and they're the ones that actually have. They're the ones that look like they come from an artsy <laughs> platformer, yeah. um, you know, sort of the idea. And certainly, uh, there were games going way back into the. Even I remember something on the Amiga in the early, very early nineties that was a kind of all black and white silhouetted kind of game. So it's not something that's that's yeah. brand new, but those levels, the sunset, the sunsetty levels, and the factory levels where it's all black and white, it almost looks like you know Limbo or something like that. Yeah, those are very standout and stylish. Actually, do you know what it reminded me of? Um, and I don't know whether it was an influence on them, but um, Ape Out, uh, which obviously is the sort of uh, Saul mm. Bass inspired uh, monkey related game from the last uh, year or two um there's an element of that as well so when it does yeah. when it does uh, move away from very obvious kind of standard modern cartooning styles it goes into this uh, yeah there's a, just a few levels which are a bit more um yeah a bit more fanciful and have a bit more of a an attempt at doing something slightly left field can i say it it looks very good for a Wii game. Oh, very, very for good a Wii for a Wii. Game. I thought you were going to say on a CRT, which is probably also true. <laughs> no, th- this was a very a much a much heard uh, phrase yeah. in, uh, yeah. in 2010. Oh, it lo- this game looks very good for a Wii game. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I, I th- actually uh, I'm, I was playing this uh, via component on uh, Plasma TV, okay. uh, so s- slightly fuzzy, uh, hiding a little bit of the more rough edges, maybe. Um, and I think it, yeah, once your eyes get accustomed to the resolution, it's uh, mm-hmm. it it's I think it's a pretty gorgeous game. And what what really stands out to me is just the the depth of the uh, the levels, like how far they reach into the distance and all yeah. the little details that you see in there, and how how the foreground is framed as opposed to the background. It's, and sometimes uh, you go into it into the yeah. background mm. if you. Get yeah, it's 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 a it's a very lively, cartoony world full of, full of movement, and for what, you know, I I see what Josh uh, means for 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 what it lacks is sort of more detail and uh, and and you know for for lack of another word, uh, yeah, the the genericness yeah. you see on display. Uh, this this game opens with uh, a CG movie, and there's a couple of more interspersed. That's chock full of character. I find. Uh, I was watching. I was uh, playing bits of it with uh, with the kids again, and I had a good old laugh at 
uh, Donkey Kong not falling for the uh, hypnosis trick and uh, <laughs> squinting his eyes. And, yeah, I don't um, know if those CG movies were done at retro, whether they were done in Japan or it's hard to say. Hmm. Visually for me, this game is just, it's good. I, I really like it. I think it's probably what you would have expected from a return to the series after the SNES yeah. games, because if, if that's all you've really got to go on as a basis, then you're not really going to bring back the super shiny kind of palm trees from the SNES days, are you? You're going to have to kind of just, you have to placate to your audience as well. You can't really go too out there with the art style, you know, thinking as a kind of a, a as the Wii as the console with the mass audience has got, I don't think they could have really like gone absolutely crazy with the visuals. I think it had to kind of fit in with where the Wii was at the time. I, yeah. I don't know if I'm like Animal Crossing is kind of the same. Donkey Kong Country Returns has kind of got that kind of it's just cartoony enough, but not too much. It kind of just sits right around the Wii era. Um, Wii era is kind of like not too much, you know, because the Wii kind of vibe is very clinical to me. Like I think of Wii Fit and Wii. Uh, brain age and all this like it's all very kind of big buttons and things to press and it's all very nice and clinical and it's just it just it just works Donkey Kong Country Returns does more than that but it doesn't really excel itself uh, you know as a as a visual kind of treat you know what I mean you're not like whoa this is amazing it just does it does enough in the foreground and then in the background it's always kind of teasing you with stuff like you know gameplay interactions where you're being bombarded with bombs literally or or tidal waves and stuff like that it, it does a lot more than yeah other platform games would but it there's doesn't a, there's really... a whale and that creates waves and then there, there's this octopus like tossing up a ship in the back it's, yeah, it's good all, like all, all you know it, it does a lot more stuff that isn't it, it's obvious that you're being attacked by waves and stuff but it doesn't really you know put his best shoes on and dance for you it kind of like this is what it is <laughs> and then it just it just it entertains you with what it's got right and it does a really good job of that but it doesn't really go this is amazing. Like only until Tropical Freeze for me did I actually like start getting wowed by the visuals. But here it's just you know it was on the Wii, and I don't think the Wii was ever really going to go the extra level visually because if they wanted to sell five million copies of the game, then I don't think they could, they could go experimental with a return to the series. I think mm. I think it fits with where the series is at. And if, yeah. if you if you take the historical context of the original trilogy, like when that first Donkey Kong Country game was was revealed. And you saw those images. There, there were a lot of people around saying things like, "That's the best looking video game I've ever seen." Oh my mm-hmm. god, look at this! You, you're you were yeah. they knew they weren't going to progress the medium again in such a way on the Wii, right? So you can't mm. have that expectation of you're not pushing the envelope further. You're not doing so. So all they could really do without, in my without, in my opinion, flubbing it would be to do the same thing, just polished and clean, like you guys have said. And I think mm. they they that they, they came across really nicely. And then even like right at the beginning, where Donkey Kong doesn't get hypnotized, what Mikhail was talking about before. Like, as he's beating up the drum inside the hut, the hut, like, does that squishy thing where it kind of squishes together and yeah. moves left and right. And the animation is impressive. And, yeah. and, the, and the way everything moves is impressive, but it's not, yeah. it's not like, pushing it more than it needs to. So, um, so it, does, it does kind of, doesn't, it doesn't really push things forward. It looks, it looks nice, but, like, everything moves in a really satisfying way. Yeah. Everything kind of It's a very sp- nice way to, game to, and, yeah. Yeah, it's a very nice game to look at in motion. Yeah. Uh, and it has these little details that uh, I'm sure we've all noticed are sort of like uh, yeah highlights that we've had Donkey Kong Jungle Beat in between as well, like little plumes of smoke. and uh, Yeah, apparently the stuff. blowing mechanic came out of Miyamoto saying that when DK kind of turned on the spot, he left a cloud of dust. Yeah. And he said, oh, it looks, of, it looks like yeah. he's blowing. 
Um, so they then said, oh, that might be fun. So they put all the stuff that you can, like the dandelion clock type enemies and the, the, mm. the yeah. windmills and whirly gigs that you can blow out the ground. Yeah, fi- enemies that are on fire that you can blow yeah. blow out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and I do recommend people check out the, I mean, you can probably play it emulated in a similar fashion as well, 1080p, 60. I don't know about the how the controls work on that, whether with illicit means you can use non- Wii controllers, but certainly that NVIDIA set-top box. If you're in China, yeah. check it out, <laughs> or just look on YouTube. So I was playing the 3DS one, oh, and yes. then I watched a video of the Wii one, mm. and I was jealous of how nice it looked, for frames per second-wise and yes. visually, so there is definitely... Compromise. Yeah, there's definitely something to yearn for visually from the Wii game when you compare it to the 3DS game, yeah. but then the 3DS game is portable, right? So yeah. So this is why a Switch version would have been great, because it would have looked fantastic on either a Mm. 1080p docked or 720p on the smaller screen. Mm. But the 3DS version, yeah, so I completed this one back in the day, and um, I remember thinking it looked looked nice in that it didn't have that sort of standard deaf console plugged into HDTV thing going on. Mm. Um, But... It definitely, I mean, the 3DS was a lower resolution still, wasn't it? Uh, So even though it's on a smaller screen... They definitely had to make some compromises in terms of effects. And as you say, yeah, the frame rate is less stable than the, mm. the Wii version, which is rock solid, I believe. It is, yeah. yeah. Um, and the 3DS game is that the visuals are washed out. You know, it's kind of yeah, the, the greens odd. aren't as green and, you know, it's not as rich as the Wii game, which is kind of a bit of a... don't really understand down. that. Mm, like, what's the know. reason for that? Because... Surely just green is green, right? It doesn't matter what kind of green just you put on keep your the blocks. Same. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the 3DS had a large enough palette to select the same green as the Wii version had, I think. We, we should make games. Yeah, we should. It's easy. Um, <laughs> after working, according to IGN, after working on dark sci-fi environments for nearly a decade, the design team would occasionally create something that looked too Metroid. But Donkey Kong Country had to be fun and whimsical, a mantra much repeated during the development. So many initial designs were tossed out. And there's an idle animation because it's a 2D platformer. If left (laughs) sitting idly for a long enough period of time, Donkey Kong will sit down and start playing a DS, (laughs) which he chucks away when you move him again. (laughs) (laughs) Audio design. We've talked about the music already, which I think we all enjoyed. Um, But the audio design, I think, is also really important to this game. So there's a lot of percussion, Mm. as you'd expect in the diegetic sound, what you do. I think that it's this game has a really pleasing soundscape. Like every collectible banana feels, it's like a little click. It's like a yeah. delicious little click. Every yeah. bounce on a drum gives you a satisfying mm. whoop. Um, when you discover a secret area, there's a chorus going on. Yeah, it's yeah. a really pleasing, endorphin tickling sort of suite of nice sound effects and there's there's also a kind of um ramping up of orchestra orchestral stabs when you bounce on sub- successive enemies mm-hmm. and then you get coins popping out from them as well so there's all this kind of stuff playing into it so yeah i think mm. it's a really nice um just because collecting individual ba- bananas is arguably a bit fiddly in this game yeah. but collecting loads of them makes a, such a nice noise and for if you're not sick of Wii Remote and nunchuck uh, controls uh, in this game, <laughs> the Wii Remote speaker is uh, is uh, being put to great use as well, uh, mm. with this little clicky sound uh, that comes from the speaker when you when you hop on enemies, which is very satisfying. 
Yeah, for me, the audio design of the you know the, the jumps and the bops and all that are absolutely crucial for me to get all the orbs in the special levels. Right. Like the the rhythm of the level, yes, is is the feedback I needed to get through because I started listening to a podcast and I just couldn't do the level at so all. True. So true. Like, yeah, I had the same so thing. All the swings and the crashes and the bumps and the bump, you know, all of that is it kind of had feedback. its own. Yeah, it had its own vibe, right? And once you knew you hit the thing on the head, you could then, you yeah, it, it's really like interesting to, because uh, normally when I play platform games, if I played it enough times, I can just turn it down and go right, that's it. I'm yeah. you know, I'll do what I need to do on with my ears somewhere else. I listen to the prodigy or whatever. But this time I was like, I can't. I literally can't complete the level without hearing, you know, the the, the moans of the, the monsters that are dying to, you know, via my my feet. Like I had to get that rhythm going every time and once i hit a certain threshold and i got to the new bit of this hard level it i had to learn the noises to then react to it and it took a few lives trial and error and all that but you get there in the end via via the audio design and i haven't had that in a game for a long time and i've mm. um yeah it was really interesting to rediscover that experience and with donkey kong country returns to echo what you were saying that I found that level eight, the volcano level, I had to play some of those headphones on because um, I was playing on my 3DS and I would like just like room noise would sometimes um, really enter into play uh, the particular level. I think it's it's not the penultimate level. I think it might be level five or six. Red, red rising from volcano. Mm-hmm. That, there's oh, yeah. a time, part at the end where you, as it as it suggests, the lava's rising up behind you. And there was this like this bubble and pop and hiss as the as the lava's rising and and it really as you're jumping back and forth that those sound cues are are integral to being able to to navigate there so the sound design just echoing what darren said more eloquently than me it just like it really just um without those headphones i i probably would have spent a lot more lives you know uh ripping through that Mm. yeah i had similar things just ambient noises in the room just putting me off yeah it's an odd one isn't it and we're obviously we're going to talk probably extensively about the controls and and the overall difficulty level but actually i wonder if some of the people who found the game too hard to be enjoyable maybe they weren't listening hard enough <laughs> yeah it's really subtle isn't it because the game never really says oh make sure you have your noises on so you could play better yeah. like because games like i played a lot of sonic recently and i found that you can just play those just by running really fast and jumping over stuff and there's not really like the sound effects in sonic are really satisfying yeah you know, when you get Fantastic. the shield yeah. and all that they're brilliant but not integral no that's it Uh, it wasn't the same as donkey kong like and when you push donkey kong country returns to its limit yeah like i'm repeating myself but you really need the the Mm. the audio feedback as well as the visual it's yeah it's it's fascinating Mm. now here it comes the control chat Mm. alex 79 uk from the forum regular contributor says i got this for we having been a big fan of the original country trilogy on snes unfortunately Enforced waggle controls and lack of support for either the classic controller or the GameCube pad put me right off, and I never played it for more than an hour or so. I know I'm the one losing out here, but I'm still annoyed about it, genuinely. <laughs> and on All those a, years later. Yeah, and a similar tip from Sean S. Thomas, who says, Whose bright idea was it to make one of the most integral and accurate moves needed in a rock hard platformer only ex- executable by waggling the Wiimote. I battled with the controls here for days, possibly weeks, but ultimately, in a very rare instance, given my stubborn determination to usually end what I start, I gave up and walked away from DKCR. I love Tropical Freeze, 
so I know now it wasn't the gameplay, graphics or inertia that dissuaded me so. Nintendo, what were you thinking? <laughs> they made a great mistake by making it a mandatory, I think. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you compare Nintendo then when they were all about, you know, waving that remote around in all kind of ways. They were obviously determined to sell it as the waggle device no matter what it was like sonic colors does the same thing when activate the um the special power-ups and i think donkey kong country returns on the wii does a better job of it comparing the two but i still found it frustrating when you were going for the the pixel perfect platforming bits right because mm -hmm. the game is really hard nat just naturally it's just a hard game the series has always been hard so then you, you you're kind of rolling the dice a little bit when you're waving the remote around and um feels like yeah I, uh, Nintendo went for a phase of this. Uh, it was like this game kind of started it for me, and I was like, "Why? Why are they not allowing me to plug in a classic controller? You know, the little bar of soap with buttons on. Why can't I plug that in or a GameCube pad? Because the Wii's got four slots on the side. Yeah. And but when you compare it to the Switch now, like the Switch is all about accessibility, right? Mm -hmm. It's like you can do anything. You can plug in the GameCube adapter and have fun with that if you wanted. Like, mm -hmm. I think they learned a lot of lessons, but mm. they did Donkey Kong Country Returns. They did Kid Icarus Uprising, which has similar issues, but different right it's all kind of the, the controls on that are just ridiculously yeah, tough yeah. <laughs> and then they did star fox zero and it was just like oh man please can we just play these games just how we want to play them rather than the way you're telling us to play them and i really feel like for, for a while there they were just kind of yeah really like achilles healing their own games just for the sake of it right this mm -hmm. game this, this game didn't need the waggle to to roll and everyone knows well all donkey kong country fans know that the role is just absolutely yeah. crucial to um to, to get in the um yeah the pixel perfect stuff sorted and yeah i it stuck in my craw for ages that's a phrase right and um yeah I, n I never liked it and having it on the 3ds where it's all button presses i'll happily take the visual downgrade for button presses mm. and the the thing about a lot of that too is that the the wii the wii's motion controls were incredibly impressive um like when you when you did things like wii sports and wii sports resorts like it, it was like one of those things like it, it was that extension of the body right you know i had that feeling that doesn't, I don't want to say it doesn't belong because that's very presumptive of game design, but it certainly mm -hmm. felt very out of place in this style of game where you just yeah. were, it was just a, it was just a platformer. Um, it, it, it seemed like, and there's no way to know for sure, but it did seem like one of those things like whether or not it was a mandate or, or, or whatever you want to call it, but it, I it, think so. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, d we need to do some sort of motion controls here, but for somebody who had played those previous games, it was just kind of like, it just felt like you were a little hamstrung in what you could what you could mm -hmm. accomplish. Yeah, yeah, I think the most egregious example I can think of of enforced waggle was the Metal Slug anthology on the Wii, which uh, m makes you shake the nunchuck to throw grenades. Yeah, I mean that's just obscene. <laughs> well, you could you could use uh, GameCube controllers instead of the okay, uh, so those things. right, okay, but yeah. if, you had, if you had some or one, yeah, so that that's good to know. But uh, I mean. We've all completed this on Wii, right? Yep. So yeah. it wasn't yeah. quote too hard to play with motion controls. I, I will say, I will say this: uh, by the end of the game, I can't say the controls ever let me down. Really, mm. I mean, you Same. you sort of get conditioned into do, yeah. just don't you know you don't you move your head. You, yeah, don't move or waggle. <laughs> trust you just the, trust the one waggle. Yeah, move your hands with purpose, uh, yeah. purpose only, and. For what it's worth, I do think like uh, drop making drumming gestures to to pound the ground is kind of kind of satisfying on a very oh, yeah. base level. And the vibration uh, is really me, well the done. The vibration that comes with it, mm. the little noises from the from the Wii speakers. I think it's just not. However, you spin it, even though I'm 
totally 100% fine now with using the controls as they are. And I also really like just the free hand feel of the, the Wii Remote and Nunchuck uh, combo. Do. Oh, yeah, me too. Uh, sure. Love that feeling. A lot of people really don't. Like, I know Alex, our first correspondent about the controls there, also had a massive issue, I think, with uh, Super Mario Galaxy for the same reason, whereas that game was just a a, a total joy for me with the controls yeah. as implemented. Yeah, I feel the same way. Exactly. But the thing is, you just can't escape that nagging sense. Like, did they really have to put the roll under a sway of the Wii Remote? <laughs> you know, like that's just yeah. even even if you are 100% comfortable with the controls as I have become, that just... You know, that question sort of never goes away. <laughs> and we'd already... So this is 2010. Yeah. What year was Mario Kart Wii? 2008, seven? Seven? I, I want to yeah. say it was seven. Uh, I could be wrong. I though. think it was eight, actually. 2008, yeah. 2008. Okay. Yeah. It was, yeah. Like so I said, it was 2008. In that, <laughs> obviously, in that game, they did the thing with the wheels and loads of kids I know still love playing with the wheels on whichever mm. version of Mario Kart you yeah. get. They think it's great fun. But you could plug in a GameCube controller. So why yeah. did they go back or a to mandating? Yeah, or a classic yeah. controller. So why did they go back to mandating this? Just let people choose. Yeah, yeah, it was frustrating. And um, yeah. like Mikhail said, you 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 acclimatize, you adjust. Um, but you know, you you just think there's a button right on the top. Can I just not press that? Or there's a button on the back. Can I not yeah. press that? You know, I mean, there was no need for it to be a one-way situation only, especially when the Wii can be so versatile with its control methods. It was just yeah. a bit. I don't know. Funnily enough, I think with Jungle Bee, which we'll talk about next year, they ironically maybe made a mistake, in my opinion, by going the other way, which was the game was originally designed entirely to be played with Donkey Konga bongos, and that was the mm. point. And then for the Wii version, they let you use a, a GameCube Control controller, stick. which yeah. is kind of not the point of the game. So, But <laughs> let people choose is fine. Yeah. Hmm. So Diddy Kong is in it. Uh, originally, he first well, he was created for the second game in the Donkey Kong Country series. There's a co-op option in this, and I've seen a lot of videos on YouTube, you know, co-op playthroughs, including some of the hardest or the hardest parts of the game. I've never played this in co-op. It would never even cross my mind if I had a friend round to say, let's play some co-op Donkey Kong Country <laughs> Returns, because you know how frustrating it's going to be. It's visually confusing. It's frustrating. Yeah. I don't know how it handles and a lot of the Definitely stages so. really rush you forward and have very small things to jump on. Yeah. And case in point, today was the first time I played co-op with uh, alternatively my son and my daughter. How'd it go? And yeah, I mean, in the in the early levels, it was all right. And it was could be a little bit of fun. But then, you know, we tried some of the harder levels, like the Golden Temple level. And oh, you just unavoidably get confused with who with your whole timing gets thrown off by somebody else jumping oh, God, off with yeah. you, you know? it's a nightmare it's a... how does it handle health and death and bubble does it have like uh, Mario it style bubbles a, it does a new, new Super Mario Bro, uh, Bros thing where mm. uh, you come back not in a bubble but in a barrel with a uh, oh, okay. balloon attached to it and you shake it and you float closer to your uh, yeah it's, it's pretty much the same thing and you just eat through your yeah, lives you to your lives, yeah, but you yeah. need to you need to you need to press a one uh, to confirm that you're actually going to spend another oh, life. Okay, so theoretically, the though, it could actually be easier in that if one of you stays alive, you yeah. continue in the level kind of way. Exactly. So as long as yeah. you've bought enough lives or collected enough bananas yeah. and whatever, you could okay. keep yourself. But it's yeah, it's it's not a very it's not a hundred uh, yeah a foolproof strategy, of course. Mm -hmm. Level design wise, I mean that's really as long as as well as the. The actual feel and control of the characters, 
um you know how it feels to jump and so on which uh, yeah we haven't gone into that too much yet we talk about the weightiness and i think that's the thing i would say i think regardless of the motion controls it does take a bit of getting used to the the slight inertia on the characters mm. yeah it feels mm-hmm. neither as it doesn't feel as slippy slidey as mario but it's not it's not like you know meat boy precise or something like that so there's just that yeah. little bit and mm. and i think there's a tiny de- delay when jumping yeah. right yeah and i think that like coming from playing all three of the donkey kong country games this year like i i would miss time jumps in this game a lot because mm-hmm. i was so used to the super nintendo uh games like yeah. i find myself yeah. overshooting quite quite a bit like where donkey kong would just he jumped just maybe a couple feet farther than i'd expect him to and then i'd try to compensate the next time and i'd short it you know i i just it could never yeah. really seem to find that sweet spot by the end you know you're pretty much nailing it but it there is something like you said the yeah. inertia there can can be very confusing from time to time and the hit detection's yeah. a bit harsh i think in this game oh for sure yes uh, yeah, I will. Yeah. I was wondering though, is this playing it on LCDs? How about playing it on the 3DS or on a cathode ray tube through composite or something? Is it is the response better? I um, think I think it's sort of intentional the way it uh, hmm. controls. Yeah, yeah. On the 3DS, like coming back to it, I jumped straight back into the Golden Temple, you know, bonus levels, and it just completely just destroyed me. I was not ready for learning how to be Donkey Kong again. Um, it feels very kind of yeah. Um, Put, it does it on purpose right all oh, the, the the jumping in donkey kong country the way it moves and the weightiness like it all feels like it's designed down to a t but you have to really tune into it so like donkey kong will only jump yeah. properly when he's when he's running but you don't need to press the roll button to get the speed up like the, the run is just kind of pushing the stick to, or you know the the 3d slider pad thingy all the way to the right yeah like that's that's donkey yeah. kong running and it took me ages to realize i don't need to hold down a run button yeah. to yeah. run like the, the run animation is just by default running. It's just like... Uh. But then in between the, the the dead zone and pushing right, there's a lot of kind of animation of just like slowly building up that momentum, right? So when you jump in those frames of animation, mm. Donkey Kong's jump is just completely limp and it'll just flop down. That's and it's really... just like, oh, mate, come on. Like, you really need to eke out every kind of pixel on the platform to, to make it's sure... when he's got, got all four of his limbs because he's got like his... Being a, a gorilla, he's got his front he needs to have his both his little back legs and his massively powerful front limbs all connected to the floor to get the best jump right it really does feel that way you know like it really yeah. does feel it's that precise and it's, it's designed to be absolutely like when donkey kong's ready to jump he will he will give the give it his best yeah, but yeah, there's, yeah. A, there's a big old wind up and yeah by the end on the 3ds you know you can roll jump and get some really kind of good momentum but it takes ages to kind of feel yeah. it, you know? And that's the yeah. same with Ukulele possible, Impossible Layer. Yes. That's the same with Donkey Kong Country on the SNES. Like, these games are all deliberately weighty. And I know not, I know that everyone's not going to enjoy that as mm. a platform yeah. experience. Same as Rayman as well, right? There's a good heft behind Rayman and, yeah. and um, what's his name? Glowbox or whatever his name is. Yeah, oh, there's, there's kind of a weight. <laughs> yeah, there is, yeah. There's, there's, there's weight behind those. And I really kind of. Once you get into it, it's really, really satisfying. Like you, uh, these kind of golden yeah. temple levels, I keep banging on about them, but mm. like I was, I was, pa- I was platforming like it was, you know, Super Mario World. It was just like I was, I was a hundred percent in tune with Donkey Kong yeah. after you know, several decades. There's a lot of unexpected nuance to these controls, uh, which is odd, and it, it's especially weird if you if you come from the Super Nintendo Donkey Kong Country games uh, after that. Another big difference is that in those games you could hold down the jump button to jump to bounce off an enemy and fly higher yeah. 
But mm. in this game, you actually need to tom- uh, to time your yeah. your jump off again uh, from that. It's another little is, demand uh, of the player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah, what I would stress though to people who haven't played it, who might consider it, or you know, perhaps more likely people would be looking at picking up Tropical Freeze on the Switch now, just in terms of accessibility. But I would say that it's not. It it is weighty, and it and it's weird. While the, I would say that it's not as you know, perfect as a as a Nintendo EAD Mario game in that the collision detection can be a little bit harsh and um and the aforementioned stuff about, you know, timing your jumps with the animation stuff. It's not it's not spongy, it's not unresponsive and it, uh, and I I very despite all this challenge, I very seldom felt like it was unfair. I just mm. felt it was challenging. The exception perhaps being, and again, this is my my level of skill, I've completed the game, but as I said, there are boss fights. They mostly have a relationship to the old DKC boss fights, but there are some that are a bit more expansive and kind of um, multi-layered and play around with the the extra extra visual prowess a bit more. But I do think some of them are the sequences that you need to complete with the basic amount of hearts that you get are extremely brutal. Like (laughs) that said, you can go and buy this banana juice and you get nine hits and (laughs) it makes them all a lot easier. And it doesn't, there's no, that's the yellow juice. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I ever use that. Yeah. So, I mean, (laughs) yeah, you don't have to, I mean, you can learn, you can just keep practicing, but I think some of, some of the jumps required on some of the bosses just they're very very and the timings you know the, like the the windows you get to hit things yeah in, the, in the boss levels are, are very harsh yeah I, yeah and i did buy extra heart for the final boss uh, because it's just very harsh and if you lose diddy on your first attempt yeah, then that's you it. just He's got two, yeah, it's two hits yeah. left to do a very lengthy boss fight is long. so yeah thankfully if if i would die i would still retain that extra heart for uh, for my next life so that's yeah that was uh, that was a welcome uh, addition I- yeah, I do like the heart system. I think that uh, the man- uh, the end of the uh, forest level, Mangaruby Run, uh, where you're kind of climbing around the wheels, and there's a, you know, it re- it's actually more reminiscent of kind of a, uh, uh, remind me of a couple different Legends of Zelda uh, 2D boss fights, honestly. Right, um, yeah. Uh, that one, I, I think, was just spe- uh, really specifically harsh. For, for whatever reason, maybe it was my own, uh, my own problems with some of the controls, but I would just find myself... I could not get past the second phase without losing at least one, if not two hearts, every time. And I'm sure I was doing something wrong. And you know, and you learn, you know, over time. And then, and then the factory boss, uh, the 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 robot chicken, um, really was like, <laughs> oh uh, yeah, that's. I I played through uh, the 3ds version on new mode, and um, and I think that that without that extra heart and having Diddy with me, I'm I'm not sure if my patience would have uh, would would have weighed out that boss fight. That was really frustrating for me. Yeah, that was a that was a golden banana juice for me. One the the point with that one is that you have to both you, well you have to do lots of things. You have to remember a lengthy sequence. Mm-hmm. You have to read its animations, and you also have to execute. Including yeah, that was the one I was really thinking of with those very <sighs> short windows of opportunity. Yeah, if you miss time a jump, exactly how we were talking. If you do a kind of half jump or a jump where you just clip at the edge of the boss, so you don't so you sort of you know jump against the outside of it you might not take some damage but you don't get the hit and then you have to go through another sequence of being firebombed and having stuff dropped on you and <laughs> whatever else before you get another chance to actually damage it so yeah 
and I think the level of challenge is entirely deliberate. Yeah. Um, and I say for, for most of the time, it doesn't feel too harsh. I just think it's, yeah, like the fact that they put the banana juice in there and then didn't make it in other than having to spend the coins on it. There's no like indicated penalty for having used it as far as I could work out. It's not like one of those where you get a different coloured level level complete token. Mm. Like if you use the super guide, which is the, if you remember this listener, when back in the, the Wii days, Nintendo started playing around with this idea that you would uh, you would get help or you would get shown how to do the next bit if you were failing it. But in this case, you can actually let the super guide just play the level for yeah. you. Same as Luigi in New Super Mario yeah. Bros. Yeah, and I think right. actually that, you know, it sounds, uh, yeah, I think it's a, it's a great idea because not only does it uh, yeah, offer accessibility for those who, who want to take it, but it also means that they didn't have to really skimp on the difficulty uh, of the levels in either this or New Super Mario Brothers Wii. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So I had uh, a friend of mine and his girlfriend, she was, uh, you know, they're not really gamers, but she was a big fan of, uh, in her childhood, of the Donkey Kong Country games. Mm -hmm. And they had a Wii, of course, as so many people that weren't mm. really gamers had. <laughs> so she uh, asked my friend to buy Donkey Kong Country uh, Returns for her. And they never made it past the first minecart stage. Oh, I can believe that. Uh, and then, and I told him, "Hey, listen, guys, you you can just use the super guide and bypass the level, and then you know you can try it back later again." But at the same time, even though they were, let's say, you know, quote unquote, casual gamers, they were yeah. far too proud to even resort <laughs> to that. Uh, yeah. So, to my knowledge, they never made it past that yeah, first minecart level. No amount of extra hearts or. Uh, Golden juice will help you no. learn minecart. the kill. And this is yeah. That's another point. I think this is really where uh, the country returns relates most to the original trilogy in that it's very learn the level, yeah, memorization, learn the sequences based <clears> in, and execute. Uh, in many cases. Yeah, mm. yeah. My my baptism by fire was the. Uh, Getting chased by the bat on the rocket barrel. <laughs> uh, yeah. That was sort sort of mid midway through the game, and I think I must have died maybe thirty to fifty times there. Or something I did have a few problems I... with that one, but I I appear to be weirdly good at the rocket barrel controls. I don't know why I did those. Yeah, I was decent at it as well. It's just like those sonic waves that he bursts out. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, like that was that was very hard to to deal with while you're navigating. And especially if you're going for the K O N G letters as well, because you need mm -hmm. to yeah, take certain. Of risks. course, uh, always go for those. Always go for those. Yeah. So, yeah. The the level design in Donkey Kong. You know, this game returns. It's um they always feel like they're gonna go on forever, but they they manage to stop yeah. it just when you get to that point where you just like oh I had so the same get, observation. Yeah, yeah, you get like eighty percent in, you keep dying at this eighty percent mark and you think this level's gonna go on forever. Mm. And once you burst through this pain barrier, it is kind of like the the finishing line is just there and you're like, Oh god, so I'm true. so glad that they just realised that the levels are this kind of long. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've played some platform games where the levels just go on and you're like Where's the end? Come on! I've done all this work. Like they've done, they've done a really good job of crescendoing, yeah. you know, and then finishing off right at the last bit, and then you feel kind of, you know, like you want to play the next. I know one it's a phrase you don't yeah, like, Mikhail, but I wonder actually if this is almost the pacing of the game. Like the, this <laughs> game does, I feel, does have a pace. I to think it. it does have some pacing at least because there are a lot of levels where you just can't sit still. So there is definitely an enforced sense of pacing yeah. uh, to them. And this is another uh, uh, yeah, ma uh, big platforming game uh, after New Super Mario Brothers Wii and after the original Donkey Kong Country trilogy 
in which you get if you, you you get a lot of shared assets between levels but no single lever level ever plays like another one there's always an, an interesting hmm. yeah. new new idea that's being introduced and developed as the level progresses so like a, a unique challenge that a level centers around which is really great in my opinion i have i have one problem with the level design and it's it's not even mm. necessarily with the level design as a whole there's no specific levels i'm talking about but one of the core mechanics of the game and we already spoke about it briefly was the blowing mechanic it's like a donkey yeah. kong mm. lean down and blow the dandelions and i specifically think about this was something that darren had mentioned i think it was during our donkey kong trilogy uh country trilogy podcast about how these games have a momentum to them where like you're you're moving along and you're going from vine to vine and then it's bounce 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 off the enemy and you feel like you're just cruising yeah. along and for me there was nothing more unnatural than amongst all of that momentum to then stop Stopping to sniff the flowers and then yeah. slow <laughs> and to and to blow to blow the dandelions or yeah. the windmill or whatever it is uh, in each stage um, <laughs> yeah. it really for me it felt like I was having to stop having fun I know that's very mm. reductive. But, but it's very cute. Yeah. But what like, I would say about it that just, is... Uh, it took me so out of the level, though. Yeah, I think that's fair. But I think what I would say is the occasionally there's a puzzle piece that you have to blow for. Yeah. So you want to get that. But once you've got it, you've got it. So you don't need to ever blow that yeah. thing again if you complete the level. And all the other things that you blow to reveal, you don't need to get them. Correct. Yeah. So you don't... And, and, and that like, just led to yeah. me really not seeking out the puzzle pieces. Like, once I got through, like, level uh, three or four, or world three or four, I... I completely abandoned the puzzle pieces and just decided, hey, I'm going to come back for these later yeah. and just keep going. And once I did that, I had a much better time in the levels. Mm -hmm. And now it feels like more of a scavenger hunt, which is kind of, I'm sure, the way they want those to feel. Because you're literally, maybe yeah. you shouldn't be finding the puzzle pieces when you're just bounce, 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 flowing through the levels. I, I get that, but it just, for me, being the type of, uh, <laughs> like, I want to get everything, I want to see everything, yeah. it made me really yeah. feel like I had to, to, to hit the brakes. And uh, once I decided not to, though, it might it really like it was nothing but a positive experience from that point on. This is sort of the dichotomy of this game, uh, in that, um, yeah, just just I missed so many collectibles uh, on on the, the the first way first play through it because not only what you said, like you want to bounce around, but a lot of like I was saying before, a lot of levels actually force you to keep moving, uh, and you don't, you know, you feel like you're being rushed through them, and you can't really, you feel like you can't really stop around and explore uh, a lot of the times. I've got a few issues with this blowing thing, and most <laughs> of it's positional. Like once I get mm. into position in front of the dandelion, I pretty much stand on top of it and I blow past it, right? So the the gust of air is like, and then you have to come back a little bit, and because the game's quite weighty. You know, Nico Bellic style, where there's a lot of momentum to the movement. You have to kind of <laughs> go back a few bits and then turn around again and then do the gust of wind. Like Donkey Kong's got a ground pound and it's a dandelion. Just smack it. Just just bop it. That's that's that, that's fine. That that'll do the same thing, right? Sure, there's enough gust of wind coming from a ground pound. Just just do that instead. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like the 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 dandelion thing is just a. It reminds me of when like I'm playing Sonic games at the moment and. Sonic games have got a real good knack of just dropping in like a clanger right in front of you when you're bombing at high speed. It's just like, and it completely just pulls the rug from underneath you. You're like, oh no, I was going, I was enjoying this. You know, I was in full flow and then they've just stuck like a, a yeah. red spring in front of me to push me yeah. back. And I just think to myself, I, I have the same problem with like exploration versus like just pure velocity. Yeah. yeah, it's just like, oh, I just want to go fast, right? And mm -hmm. that's that's the whole thing with Sonic. And in, in here, whatever we're talking about with rhythm and kind of vibe in, in a Donkey Kong country level, you don't really want to be stopping. But then 
also it's just nice it's a nice bit of variety right and i can imagine that being a thing you'd probably do maybe in two player right where one of you's jumping around collecting the jigsaw piece while the other ones is just you know blowing the dandelion leaves like maybe it's more of a thing for a second player to do i don't really know because yeah. i didn't really tinker around with it as much but it just seemed like my motto once said oh it looks like he's blowing there and they went oh but we have to do it he said it now and they were just sweating behind the desk how do we get it into the game and yeah it's just Fear um, of the uh the upended tea table yeah uh i don't I'm, i don't feel as negatively about it as you guys i think i might if there was a, a mario style old mario style clock on the level but there's no time limit so unless the level is literally forcing you forward as it often does by having the level collapse around you or you know lava chasing you or whatever one spiders on one level i think um i don't mind the stopping too much and actually it helps me regather my my thoughts and my uh, composure but mm. i did want to agree with darren on the the length of the levels thing because i particularly found this on as i say i've only done a quarter of the orb levels but those don't have checkpoints so most of the levels no. have at least yeah. one i call them pig stops i don't know what they're actually called <laughs> but uh they yeah you get a nice you, know, a pig. you get you get a little uh a little celebratory party popper or something when pig. when you go through them and that's great and you know that yeah your progress up to that point's safe What's the be- but, what's the best barbecue place in the Northeast? Oh, it's this place called the Pig Stop. You just got to go out there. You got to <laughs> check it out. <laughs> yeah, and once you're there, whenever you die, you come back <laughs> right where you were. Um, but yes, the, the the orb levels don't have any checkpoints, right? Is that I assume that's the yeah, same all the way through. Yeah, yeah it's, it's so yeah, it is a case of you keep doing it, you keep doing it until you learn, and eventually your execution may or may not be good enough to get through. Darren's obviously still got the skills. I'm not sure I have for the later yeah, levels. Surprisingly, maybe I, I, would. I made the mistake to try and go up those with my kids. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. without checkpoints. So. Madness. But I can put. But yes, the point being that yeah, it, I because I played all the in-game levels, and there are a few sweary moments in this game. Uh, it never had me absolutely fuming and like slamming things to the floor because it always felt like I could do a bit better. But it was that feeling like, yeah, I keep, oh, I died right at that point again on this orb level. But I thought, I bet you, I bet you, to me, <laughs> I'm I'm about one screen away from the the magical big barrel mm. that you get to smash <laughs> at the end, and uh, and I was, and also yeah, shout out to the bit where you, if you uh, get the right icon on the rotating roulette of the barrel, you get to. You get to do a bit of fun waggle where you get to do a kind of punch out style boxing thing. Actually, that was another comparison I was going to make. The Some of the bosses are a bit punch out-esque in that it's about actually reading their tells and executing mm. very precisely. Mm. Um, mm. Talking of the barrel that you smash to pieces, mm-hmm. that, apparently that's inspired from Jungle Beat, right? When yeah. the boss fights are literally yes. slapping, a, you know, yeah. slapping the boss around until you smack it out of the screen. Yeah. Very reminiscent. Yeah. Jungle Beat. Next and I'm gra- grabbing all the bananas like Matt, uh, as a mad, mad monkey when, uh, when, when after you've beaten the level. The one I could never get right was the one at the boss where you where you finish off the boss and then you get to do a oh yeah I always mistime it so yeah, I do a massive hit early punch yeah. always always one hit okay everyone's the same good ah <laughs> oh, that's right <laughs> yeah, I think now. I think you need to wait till the very last moment but uh, yeah. yeah I always started drumming too early very disappointing that yeah so I wonder yeah. if they um, that needed a bit more QA because if everyone's doing the exact same rubbish thing 
that says more about the game than it does about <laughs> yeah. us, possibly. Maybe. Um, mm. Yeah, so we mentioned it a little bit, but finding the puzzle pieces, uh, so this, as we say, is more about, you might find them all on your first time through, but you probably won't. And you certainly, talk about learning tells, in this case, you start learning the tells of the levels. So whether something's a pit that you can actually drop into might have a visual clue in the Mario style, or the leaves on a tree might be a different colour. So you get to shake them off. What I did enjoy about these is that there's they're hidden in quite a lot of different ways. So mm. there are, I, d I don't know how many different kinds of ways of hiding them there are, but it feels like with the various different mechanics that they're hidden behind, there's a lot. Now we're going to hear from somebody who, uh, well, let's do it now. Pocket Pocket from the forum uh, wasn't happy with the rewards on offer. So Pocket Pocket says, I'm not a fan of returns at all. I absolutely love Rareware's run with the Donkey Kong franchise. My least favourite of the Rare Donkey games is actually Donkey Kong Country 1. I actually even like the infamous DK64 significantly more, and that mostly comes down to what I get out of platformers the most. Exploration is usually my main drive in platformers, since most of the challenge from platformers is not derived from enemies and combats, but instead navigating the levels themselves. I find it particularly enjoyable to explore and find all the extra hidden challenges throughout the stages fully conquer the levels. This is why I like Donkey Kong Country 2 and 3 more than 1. DKC1's bonus stages are near impossible to find without a guide, and there's no major reward for it other than 101%. DKC2 and 3 meanwhile have secret levels, constant unique bonus rooms with varied challenges, a secret final boss, and even more to find when talking about DKC3 thanks to the more elaborate hub world. Exploring and getting all the collectibles is enjoyable in itself because the bonus rooms are fun to find and fun to play. All possible to find without a guide, even if you need to check in with Cranky for some extra hints. I feel it's the best kind of collection side quest in that it's the journey of getting each bonus coin, finding the secret and completing the challenge it presents that makes it fun, rather than just the mindless collecting. This is where DKCR falls flat for me. I feel no drive to collect the puzzle pieces at all. As, I, as all I unlock for finding them is underwhelming concept art. As well as that, there's only a handful of bonus rooms that all repeat as opposed to every single room being uniquely designed in Donkey Kong Countries 2 and 3. If you want 100% completion and to unlock the secret levels, all you need to do is get the Kong letters, and, uh, but they're the least fulfilling to collect since they are almost always directly in plain sight along the main path. Returns feels best approached as a very straightforward linear platformer, ignoring everything but Kong letters and treating the stages as a linear sequence of challenges, one after the other. Yet, the constant presence of puzzle pieces and bonus rooms hidden throughout all the levels just leaves me cold. It's an aspect I'm sure many can easily overlook and simply enjoy Returns' otherwise solid main campaign. Yet, unfortunately, I felt disappointed by DKC Returns. Hmm. I think... <laughs> Naturally, playing Returns um, again on 3DS, I was, I had to unlock a few of the Golden Temple levels, and I naturally assumed it was the jigsaw pieces, right, to unlock them, right, because it just seemed like a better fit. Like, yeah, these jigsaw pieces, a you know, in a, in a Banjo Kazooie style way, would unlock a world. Completely you know, it kind agree. of fits for me. Mm -hmm. uh, but then you, you take into account the sheer amount of them, and if you had to maybe collect every single jigsaw piece to unlock the bonus worlds, I could probably see why they maybe. In my head, they swapped that over to KONG as opposed to Jigsaw yeah. Pieces, despite yeah. thematically it working better, right? Because mm -hmm. KONG is a lot simpler. And uh, yeah, so in in terms of Pocket Pocket's um, forum post, which is, you know, 
very well explained. Yeah, I kind of get it. If, but maybe it would work better for him or her if it was the other way around. If if the jigsaw piece is there for unlocked the bonus. World, Absolutely. That that user that forum poster, sorry, not user, would probably yeah. enjoy the game a lot more. But um, yeah, it's kind of you know one for one and one for another, right? It's it, if they swapped yeah. it around, then maybe you'd have a lot more people annoyed that they couldn't unlock the bonus levels. True enough. Of, like the the hundreds of jigsaw pieces needed to get. I mean. It's yeah. obviously pretty su- subjective, and and like any other game, um, uh, the the pocket pocket didn't appreciate the the concept art as much as some other people would as a reward. But yeah. um, you know, I like looking at it, but it's not the thing that I'm always super jazzed to find collectibles for. Um, where, where the collectibles kind of made sense for me in Donkey Kong Country Returns is that I really enjoyed, <clears throat> well, not enjoyed, I really appreciated how each level didn't have a set amount of collectibles. It felt like the level length and the level type just kind of dictated how many collectibles, like yeah, had the, like an appropriate mm. amount of collectibles. Like, hey, in this yep. level, we've got eight spots to put things, so let's do eight, you know, as opposed to like feeling like they needed yeah. to squeeze some things out. Like it felt really mm. like they were there only because the developers thought this is a cool place to put a thing. And whenever I came mm. across one, I kind of, I always did feel, even if it was stopping and blowing a dandelion, I did feel like, like, hey, I found this thing that the, somebody put this here for me to find. And it was very specific and, and guided in a way. And, and having the bonus levels be specific to the Kong letters worked for me, but I completely get why it wouldn't have, uh, what it wouldn't have worked for others. Yeah, for me, it's uh, the reward is collecting them, having found them, getting the tick on your level sheet, as it were. The concept art is just a, a, trinket, a trinket, a bonus, which obviously you can just look up online and whatever else. But uh, I mean, as somebody who's interested in, the games and creation and, and somebody who appreciates the art that goes into them i'm perfectly happy to give them at least one look each and um that's fine but yeah it's more about the actual having done them that said you know i haven't done it nearly all it this this game has now gone onto my big pile of platformers that i may or may not ever come back to if i get time to collect all the extra unlockables and collectibles in a platformer yeah i think you know go, going back to pocket pockets kind of uh, yearning for a an exploration platformer like Ray- Rayman Origins and Lemons Origins and Lemons yeah that does a very good job of um, rewarding players with tinkering around with level design and finding bits and bobs and mm-hmm. corners to um have, an, have a, a, a rewarding experience so check it out if you haven't already you yeah if you haven't already yeah uh, so gorillas can't swim that's a, a strange quirky fact about real life animals uh, most animals can swim no, even matter. cats and things gorillas can't because of their weird top heavy bodies um so it actually makes sense (laughs) because this in this realistic uh study of (laughs) primate life uh donkey kong can't swim he just he's he's like uh he's like uh john marston he just uh the first sign of water he just dies pretty much Uh, he doesn't have an air bubble he doesn't have anything it's just plop sploosh john marston also Uh, having a lot in common with a gorilla so (laughs) yeah a hairy face, <laughs> nice mutton chops, and a red tie. On guard, so, on guard, dolphin dude, whatever I called him earlier, is not featured in this game, unlike its predecessors, probably because the lack of underwater levels. <laughs> I like that, uh, according to the DK wiki. Um, this is the first Donkey Kong Country series game to not feature either underwater, neither underwater, nor ice-based stages. Developers were considering the former enough to where underwater stages were already in development or were already developed, but were excluded due to the slow pace of the levels compared to the rest of the game. 
I've just got an image of on guard on his tail on a dry level, <laughs> bouncing. just bouncing around, just yeah, slowly suffocating. <laughs> like a magic card. Oh. <laughs> just a bit like a magic yeah, just card. A, just yeah. a, just a, a square wooden crate on the land with weird lines coming, like odor lines coming off the top of it. It's been sitting in the sun for the last two weeks. Stop locking oh, animals in crates. <laughs> uh, they, um, they, of course, more than made up for this with Tropical Freeze, which has both, I think. Can you go in the um, water? I, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you can jump yeah. in pretty much all the pools yeah. of water, right? Yeah, and it's all about the ice because the enemies in that one are Viking penguins. Penguins. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Walruses. More, <laughs> more, next, more next year. And sea lions. Yeah. yeah. We already mentioned the super guide, but apparently, according to the DK wiki, if you are using the super guide and if you pause the game, you can play with Super Kong. Is that true? I think so. I remember that going around before. Isn't he like that silver? Isn't he silver? I want to say. Well, yeah, sort of. Yeah, yeah. White, he's white silverback. Silver. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Just one quick thing about the super guide is is I mm-hmm. I I used the super guide once during my 3ds playthrough. Um, it was for the Frantic Factory or the Frantic Factory. Yeah, it's for the uh, for the um the Frantic Factory is a level from DK sixty four. Um, from yep. the Factory World. Um, yeah. there was those three worlds where you had to activate the switch. Um, in order to activate the platform to get to the boss, so like you could beat the levels without actually finding the switch within it. And I want to say I can't remember one of the the the, the middle one, the, the second one of those three levels. It was a, a musical based one. I had a lot of trouble yep. finding the switch. So I used the super guide, and the super guide found the switch for me, so I could uh, get forward. Um, okay. And yeah. Um, nice. I can say, and I'm not I'm not going to try to start a conversation about accessibility here that using the super guide in no way impacted my ability to play and enjoy the game. Um, so uh, mm-hmm. it was uh, it was it was useful when I needed it, and it was there for me. And then I went right back to playing the game in the the way that the developers intended. So yeah, uh, yeah, it, it was it was a nice option to have in that regard because I really didn't feel like replaying that level at the time to find no. it. Hmm. Last week I saw the super guide for the first time uh, in the game mm. uh, because my kids uh, watched me play a little bit and I think the last time they played Donkey Kong Country Returns or saw me play it was like years ago so they couldn't remember much of it. Uh, so they started their own save game and started passing the controller around uh, and then they got also stuck on that same minecart level that yep. my friends never came and yeah. never got past. It's a tough to my knowledge. It's quite, uh, an, it's quite a spike early on, isn't it, I would say. But that's traditional for the series, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then my daughter, who is not an action gamer at all, she uh, decided to use the super guide. She watched the super guide play all the way through. Then she redid the level and she had observed the super guide so carefully that she 100% mimicked all its uh, all the all its sequences, all wow. the uh, moves that it, uh, went through the level. And she cleared it without dying. She cleared it uh, nice. like oh, in one one time all the way through, so which it really I worked. found pretty amazing. Yeah. Hmm. That's pretty decent. Yeah, I, I never use Super Guide, not because I'm too stubborn to use it, but I I always forget. And by the time the the pig man boy is waving at me to, to have a Super Guide, I'm so angry at myself that I just just run past him like he's waving his flag. Press start to do the Super Guide, and I'm just like, no, I'm doing it. Like I'm just so yeah. like, the Golden Temple levels again. Like I'm so kind of just filled with like, no, no, I I failed that one. I'm definitely doing it again. So I just bomb past, and then I don't even think about using it because. I'm an idiot. And the same goes for Cranky Shop, right? All the items are there to be used. 
And I use Squawks to find some of the jigsaw pieces and this and that. And I do use the heart one to get the A plus one heart. Mm. But anything else, I just I, I just kind of forget they're there. And yeah. that's 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 my own fault because I'm a bit of an idiot. But like, there's literally a chance for me to make the game easier and have a more fun time mm. or an enjoyable experience. But I just forget that all this stuff is here. So like... In Tropical Freeze, I know this isn't that show, but you can go and buy barrels for you to use at the start of a level. But what I ended up doing for the Golden Temple levels in this 3DS version and Tropical Freeze is I went into another level to find a barrel <laughs> to bring it back into the Golden Temple levels. I'm thinking, I could just go to the shop and get hearts that way. Like, <laughs> what am I doing? Like, I just make a lot of work for myself when the game is literally offering me an easier way to play it's the game. It's interesting what we will and won't accept as help in games or what we mm. consider an affront or a challenge. So for me, I never used the super guide. I had a look at it just to see what it did. And then I th think I, might, I may have let it run through. I, yeah, I think I let it run through and then I immediately went back in the level and just cleared it myself. Mm. Um, but I will happily use the banana juice to beat bosses. Yeah, um, I should have done. But <laughs> I want to complete, I want to clear the level myself. Mm. So it's a bit different. Yeah. But the options same, are there. Same here. And for, yeah. and for a series like Donkey Kong, right, it kind of makes sense because it is a cartoony, friendly game. Like I was playing co-op with the little one and on on the, on the Wii U Tropical Freeze again, but she couldn't play it because it was ridiculously hard. And then we put some extras in, you know, like she she jumped on my back and we ran around, and it was you know, she wasn't playing at that point, but she was enjoying it anyway. But for a series like Donkey Kong, you need it's it's family friendly, right? So you need these kind of options for the for the younger audiences. You know, if yeah. it was Super Meat Boy, doesn't really care whether you play it or not, right? Because that's the audience is going yeah. for. It's kind of the super hardcore mm -hmm. game, so to speak. But Donkey Kong, I feel like it you now it needs these accessibility options because yeah. it's fair, isn't it? Maybe they'll release Super Meat Boy with funky mode. <laughs> Reason why I never used the uh, Super Kong also, yeah, it, it's the, the, this type of game just instills this sort of grim determination in me, you know, and... Every time you die, you think, oh, come on, yeah. man, didn't just die there. I can do this, you know? Like, yeah, and that even after you've died like 50 deaths in one in yeah. one level, you feel like, nah, I can do this, come on. <laughs> so, yeah, never never once resorted to any of that except for that extra heart in the final boss battle. Yeah, yeah mm -hmm. the sweaty hands are your main enemy in this game. Oh, no, definitely. for sure, yeah. <laughs> the, actually, the main reason I, yeah. I use the super guide... Um, that time, not only did I not want to re replay that particular level to find the switch, as I had already completed it, but the holding of the 3DS for some reason, I, I I messaged Leon about this that like it was cramping up, like the holding the R button to to grip the yeah, the rope yeah. was really cramping up my knuckle. So it was one of those those rope or like climby levels to where I decided, you know what, my knuckle deserves a rest here. So yeah. the super guide was my digital ibuprofen to make it, to, to give my fingers a rest. <laughs> Thinking of um, controls and it's kind of uh, the, the 3DS version in particular has its own problems with controls. While I'm thinking about it, uh, the, so you use the circle pad to run around, yeah. or you could use the the plus control pad down the bottom. But what it does, mm. it kind of it, it changes the action buttons to the shoulder buttons, so it's completely mm. unnatural to me to be grabbing with the shoulder buttons and to, to be doing things on the on the face buttons with the circle pad. It then kind of mm. puts it on the plus pad with the shoulder buttons exclusively, and you're thinking. Why can I not just mix and match? Because yeah. I kind of preferred the digital nature of the D-pad, right? Hence the name D-pad. And I also like face buttons to do my actions. But all of a sudden, I'm kind of mixing and matching against my own will. And again, like the 3DS, while it has button presses for rolling and stuff, yeah, when it came to proper customization of my controls, it, yeah, it wasn't allowing me to do that exactly. Mm -hmm. And that's the same for Tropical Freeze as well. I found that I was um, 
Yeah. Much in favour of the slidey circle yeah, pad, I even though it wasn't anything, precise. Yeah, exclusively with the circle pad. Yeah, because mm. like just doing stuff with the shoulder buttons just doesn't feel that. Kind Although you kind of do right use the what is effectively the shoulder button on the nunchuck to grab barrels and stuff on the Wii version. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm talking more of a like actual kind of life or death things, right. like you know grabbing onto the grassy bits that swing around. Like it just didn't feel as natural to me to be, especially mm. on my new 3DS, which is kind of hand cramped yeah, anyway. I'm playing a bit of Metroid Prime Federation Force, and my hands are just like, oh, I'm not used yeah, to this. Yeah, it may depend moment. on the size of your hands and the size of your 3DS, whether it's a, yeah. a bigger or a yeah. little. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Speaking of checking things off your level completed sheet and also the lack of time limits, there is a time attack mm. mode for every level. Ooh. I mean, I did like the first one. <laughs> This is not really my bag, although, you know, I spent a no. certain amount of time time attacking those uh, Green Hill Zones in Sonic back back in mm. the day. But uh, I, I just thought, for me, these levels are probably too hard to want a time attack. Um, so this is when I when I first, first put the game back on. I started in time attack mode because I thought it'd be the best way to relearn the game. Oh, it turns out no. it's probably the worst because <laughs> yeah. the, the insane amount of pressure it puts on you to get to the end of the level. And you're yeah. like, I need to be the best at this game, but I'm not. And I just, yeah, I played like two worlds and I just went, I can't time attack this. It requires precision beyond like, yeah. like 101% sure. precision to. Use I think you can, it. can you get like, the badge? It sets you, does it set you a time and you have to beat it to get the badge or is it just completing it in any time gets you a badge? No, so you get like three medals, like gold, silver, uh, yeah, okay. bronze. And then like, you know, if you hit a threshold of a minute, then it goes into silver bracket. But if you're really good, you get like a gold shiny one. I was watching the completionist oh video of it and he was just like, because he completes the games to the nth yeah. degree, right? He goes to the extra mile and he was like, don't do this. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, not, not <laughs> so, a challenge on this, on this disc already. It's nuts. <laughs> it's 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 ridiculous the time attack mode, but it's it's good that it's there. But to get your two hundred percent, yeah, you're gonna have to do you're gonna have to do it, and uh, yeah, never gonna happen. Recommend. So that's what I, I was about to ask old. you. That's it contributes to that two hundred percent. I was wondering what the what the purpose. That's the was. only reward, yeah, right? That's what I was asking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I was if saying. I was the age I was when Donkey Kong Country One came out, which was twenty one two years old, maybe not now. No, yeah. But, you know, it's good that it's there Absolutely. for some people. Yeah, totally. Mr. Ixalite from the forum says, Donkey Kong Country Returns challenged me in more ways than one. 2D platformers are my video gaming bread and butter. And based on its great reputation, I bought DKCR to play on my 3DS in the spare hours of my impending paternity leave. Despite the game's reputation, I opted for original mode because how bad could it be? This turned out to be a grave error, as what should have helped me unwind often did the exact opposite. My pride compelled me to collect every collectible and forbade me from using the life-extending items from Cranky's shop, <laughs> instead opting to buy untold numbers of one-up balloons. The result was me needing most of my infant nap time breaks to make meaningful headway in the game. <laughs> I came to rely on Diddy and his jump-adjusting jetpack and spent an inordinate amount of time going in and out of levels to pick up DK barrels as I bashed <laughs> my head against the gruelling secret levels. Eventually, I abandoned my attempts to 100% the game, something that would be unthinkable to my younger self. I made a beeline for the final boss, which naturally locks you out of using Diddy if you die once. After finally beating him, I put the game down with a sour taste in my mouth. However, seeing DKCR on the Kane schedule inspired me to pick it up again. 
Only this time, more aware of the time constraints associated with newfound fatherhood, I opted for new mode. Where my pride once scoffed at the thought of using such crutches, the extra hit point and purchasable DK barrels made all the difference. I still winced and cursed horribly throughout the accursed rocket barrel levels, but these were now framed by a far more forgiving game where I could appreciate the extremely varied and imaginative level design. I wish the environments and enemies had a bit more pizzazz, living drums hardly make for interesting foes, but the platforming craftsmanship of the game is undeniable. I've never bothered with the puzzle pieces throughout this run, yet did make it through the secret world out of a simple desire for more stages. Thus emboldened, I tried the time trial mode, promptly declared, nope, and never touched it again. <laughs> In the end, by picking and choosing which of the game's options and content to engage with, it was finally the fun 2D platformer I wanted it to be. DKC Returns taught me not to let my pride dictate an unenjoyable gameplay experience. Lesson for many of us there. Mm-hmm. Mm, definitely. It's also, it's also fine to summon in Dark Souls, basically. <laughs> yeah, same thing. Well done for crowbarring a Dark Souls mention into the Donkey Kong <laughs> Country Returns podcast. Donkey Kong. We're going for it. We're going Dark for it. Souls really is the Donkey Kong Country of uh, Dark Souls yeah. games. So. Yeah. yeah, for sure. <laughs> Some orbs. Um, they're called rare orbs, which I think is a nice nod to the original developer. Yeah. Uh-huh. And... The Golden Temple level uh, after, if the player beats the Golden Temple, they unlock Mirror Mode, which removes Diddy Kong, the use of inventory items, and one of Donkey Kong's hearts. This makes the Mirror stages extremely difficult. Thanks, DK Wiki. (laughs) Yeah, no thanks. Like, never. But the Golden Temple, as I've said many times on this podcast already, yeah, I went, I went, you know, headfirst into all of it, and uh, it was a very, very... um, challenging experience to say the least but it was one that i really thrived on in a very kind of trials hd you know that kind of kind yeah, of yeah like you really wanted to feel the rhythm of the level and i yeah i absolutely enjoyed it and some of them like i can't believe like i'm a bit gutted for people who don't see uh, youtube is there right so you can see them mm. but some of the levels are just really really like good like they're really good like there's one where you're building a robot and it's like what you don't realize what, what you're doing until near the end and you like you see all these things moving in the background and you're making a giant monkey robot and it's building in front of you and right at the end it claps his hands and kills all the enemies on the screen and the barrel pops out and you're like Blimey. that was amazing mm. that reminds me of like new donk city kind of like surprise like wow. all the things that are going on around you and like the level's designed like it kind of feels like it wants to be the very first donkey kong game with its kind of you know rustic kind of factory girders everywhere and all that and you're like oh this is a nice nod back to the past and then you see this giant monkey robot in the background (laughs) and it's just like that was great and then you beat all the golden temple levels which have their own variety of challenge and i do like it because some of like some of them are pure like tests of platforming skill like in terms of defeating enemies and you know running the gauntlet and some of them are just like kind of like time-based ones where there's lava coming up from you know basically the stuff you see in the game but on a more extreme level and each one of them has such a good, like, level of variety. It's the only way I can describe it, really, because there was never repeating of challenges. Like, it was either, like, swinging platforms or it was jumping up, a, a like, a cylinder while you were being chased by lava or you were bouncing off of many, many enemies' heads to get to the end. Like, literally, the amount of coins you get off of one run in one of the levels, you ended up getting, like, 100 coins because you're just non-stop. I think this might be in Tropical Freeze. I'm mixing the two, but the the, the, the same applies across the two games. 
you end up getting like a hundred DK coins just because you're non-stop bouncing on enemies' heads and it requires the extra oomph off the enemy's heads every single time to get to the next one. It is like Star Road in Super Mario World. It is like the hardest of the hardest stuff, but it's it's doable. It's, it's fun. <laughs> like I was, I was swearing, I was cursing, <laughs> I, was, I turned it off and came back the next day. I did all the things that you do yep. when you play a hard game mm-hmm. and, you, you, and then you come back and you do it the first time when you switch it on again. It really reminded me, like, at the moment, me and games, that we're not really getting on very well. But when it's the right game, I really kind of lean into it. Mm. And I think I found my calling again with 2D platformers, and I'm <laughs> just really enjoying them again. And I think this podcast has just come at the perfect time for me to get into it. And I immediately went into the Wii U game, you know, just just like, yeah, I want more, please. Mm, and, you know, awesome. it's not orbs in the second Love one. Love it. It's, um, it's relics. But, yeah, it's, like, it's kind of really definitely just kind of reignited some sort of, yeah, desire for challenge in games again. And previously, in the last six months, I've just been like, nope, anything that puts up any kind of challenge, I just turned it off. Yeah, but, now, but no, that, like... that's the thing. It's so easy to forget the rewards, isn't it? You know, and I've definitely robbed myself of this with games before. And I love the fact that we're talking about everything from the softest, easiest end of these games by using the super guide and the golden juice. But we're also saying, actually, if you if you push yourself and test yourself, uh, like Mikhail did in his latest stream on the uh, playing the notorious Double Dragon Three on the <laughs> on the NES, like just breaking the back of a game that you think is unbreakable because you can't. It's easy to forget with time constraints and and you know a lack of belief in your own abilities and you know maybe some some of these games are just too hard for you. Like I, I still haven't started Sekiro. I fear I won't be able to do it, but I want to try. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But games that give you without getting into that conversation again about difficulty and accessibility and the fact that that game is rigidly as difficult as it is, this game does have a, a, a kind of a widespread array of challenges from mm. keep dying and play it through with Super Guide and you could just keep doing that all the way through, presumably, and use golden banana juice for the bosses and, and see the end. Or you can go for the mirror mode and get 200%. And like, there's all kinds of bits in between. Do you get all the puzzle pieces? Mm. Do you get all the Kong stuff? And it's all valid. And it's all about, and I think, I suppose the, the what I'm getting at here is, as we've heard from our correspondents here, it's sometimes worth not doing what you think you want to do at first. Either chess, mm. either play it on an easier level and have fun, or play it on a harder level and see which, which kind of ultimately vibes with you. Mm. Yeah. I agree. Sometimes so, you got some of these games just staring you in the face saying no. And then yeah. <laughs> and then just taking up that gauntlet and trying to do it anyway. You know? Sometimes it's it feels great like... to smash through something on an easiest level and just say, right, I've, yeah. I enjoyed that. It was fun. It's off my plate. Yeah. I might come back to it someday. But other times yeah. doing what Darren's done with this, like, you know, he, he keeps enthusing about the fact that he's done it. And that is a telling story in itself. Mm. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I, I briefly touched only on the Golden Temple stuff, uh, but it definitely sounds like something to revisit at some point. Yeah. Some form uh, for Kenny Rins, uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe in video form <laughs> or something. Um, so, so kind of further my point in that this game really is kind of as uh, purposeful as it is. Like it's designed with every millimeter of Donkey Kong's animation is designed to you know to facilitate the game. And the levels, like some of these Golden Temple levels, are better without your buddy backpack. Like, just Donkey Kong on its own was exactly what you needed to get through with just two hearts. And sure, you could have an extra buddy on your back, but you end up getting tempted by the jetpack, and therefore 
the rhythm of the level was kind of put off, right? Because the game's designed for Donkey Kong to go through on his own. But if you go and get a barrel from another level and bring it back, you're tempted to jetpack that extra bit. And therefore, the whole kind of rhythm of the level has been put off. And you're like, oh, well, I don't need Diddy Kong in this level because, you know, the challenge isn't not losing your hearts. The challenge is not dying by just keeping yourself going, right? And that's when I knew that these Golden Temple levels were challenging, so unbelievably challenging, but they're also fair as well. Like there was definitely an element of just like, no, we can do this. And, you know, I made mistakes again and again mm. and again. And there's a reason why you end up with like 89 lives at the end of a playthrough because yeah. the game wants you to ch- try, try yeah. all these Golden Temples. Yeah, that's it. And you, you do all eight and then you get to the cloud world, which is a bit underwhelming. On the 3DS, honest, we should you, specify. Yeah, on the 3DS version. So, yeah. yeah. Um, you get the cloud world and the levels aren't based in the cloud at all. It's just a world map in the cloud. Yeah. And then the levels in there are kind of, they feel like levels that didn't make it into the Well, final I suspect game, they were they're... designed by Monster Games, were they, rather than retro? Yeah, they, they feel, they, they feel Lesser. easier. They feel, yeah, not as the, the, fluid, the fluidity isn't mm-hmm. there. And I was just a bit like, oh, that's a shame. But then you get to the Golden Temple in the middle and it is it's bonkers like there's there's floating giant bananas yeah. strawberries there's this. cherries that explode and it was like this is amazing like this is what you wanted from Endgame mario when you go through star road and just things get absolutely bonkers right it really it's reminded like, me of old old platformers with that kind of sense of ludicrousness yeah. and surrealism oh yeah definitely exactly yeah it definitely goes <laughs> off the rails but it's all the better for it and i really really enjoyed that last stage and it was a, it was a surprise i haven't been surprised by a game in ages mm. Um, but to see that FMV sequence of Donkey Kong eating the golden banana and just evaporating into the clouds and all that, I was just, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm really just, I'm really into games again at the moment. And I think Donkey Kong Country Returns has, you know, nice. also returned me back to games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'll be. Mm. But yeah, but I just, I would, if you're really into 2D platformers, I would, I would recommend at least giving it a shot. It's your summary. <laughs> we're not there yeah. yet, mate. <laughs> I know. I'm really tired. We're nearly there. We're nearly there. <laughs> Joe Bobonobo says, after a strange console generation of music-based spin-offs, it was wonderful to see Donkey Kong back in the style that made him relevant after the arcade. 2010 was an incredible year to be a Wii owner and platformer fan, with this, Kirby's Epic Yarn, and Super Mario Galaxy 2 out the same year. Speaking of Kirby, I feel that the release of both games at the same time frame was more significant than people might initially think. While Kirby was fun but laughably easy, Returns is a glorious return to form in how it embraces the difficulty that the SNES games were known for. It is the yin to Kirby's yang. I remember watching a friend of mine play through one of the rocket barrel levels whilst being chased by a giant bat and naturally died over and over. We swapped the controllers back and forth, progressively getting a little further. Then in one go, it was my friend's turn and she was deftly avoiding all the obstacles and attacks from the bat. I was in absolute awe watching this, not saying a word in case I break her concentration, and then she reached the end of the level. It was at this point we both screamed in utter joy that that horrible bat was finally overcome. Even though I was not playing, I still weirdly felt just as accomplished even witnessing this event. Collecting items was fun again with the Kong letters and the jigsaw pieces being hidden away in bonus rooms. Bosses were complex multi-stage affairs which were a step up from previous titles. The levels were tightly designed and built for blasting through them as fast as possible. Rambi was sadly the only animal buddy playable in this game, but he still got more screen time than any of the animal buddies got in DK64. My only real complaints are that the waggle controls feel a bit unnecessary and that the Tikis were nowhere near as memorable antagonists as the Kremlings. However, 
I bought the 3DS ports, so thankfully waggle controls were no longer a problem. Waggle or not, I would happily recommend either version for anyone who wants to have skilled SNES-era platforming in a lovely modern coat of paint. I keep meaning to bring up the barrel levels. Mm. Um, and the first time I saw the kind of the fuel run out and it kind of pop, 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 pop. And you think, oh no, what's going on? Like, I thought I was genuinely going to fall off the bottom of the stage when... It's the same with um, Tropical Freeze, one of the minecart levels, when the the rails get all rickety and I think, what's yeah, going on? Yeah, the same like, way in, in Returns too, yeah. Oh, uh, of course it is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Both of those things caught me off guard the first time and I still remember seeing it like, well, why is my barrel last stopping here? Yeah. And I thought I was genuinely doomed and I'd done something wrong. It's kind of like... um, Like, like you used up too much fuel? Yeah, that's it, yeah. right? Yeah, like, there should be a fuel gauge. But like, we're saying these games haven't got like the charm of you know other platformers. But I do feel like the, the charm is there. And yeah, it, maybe it's not overwhelmingly charming. But like, the moments like that, you just make you realise that you know there is a yeah, it is a, a slightly charming game after slightly charming. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there are there are a lot of little animation touches and things that yeah. are uh, yeah, definitely you know they they up the charm quota quite a bit. I would say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Now we have some uh, three-word reviews from our community, mostly well, exclusively via our Twitter. Follow us at Kana Rince. Jobo Bonobo says, Kong is back. Uh, pocket, pocket. Repetitive bonus rooms. So that's fair. Alex79UK mm. says, waggle on this. David Tibble says, bad Wii controls. Mr. Ixlite, new mode, says, I'm having fun. Original mode says, I'm having fun. <laughs> Bearfish Pie says, Retro Apes Rare. And Midnight Damon says, Return to Form. Thanks, everybody. Now let's try to sum up our feelings about this entry. Nine years old in the Donkey Kong franchise series. Obviously, we're not going to end up doing all the little odd peculiarities and spin-offs, but we've done some of the, the main Donkey Kong games, and we're going to come back and do some more next year. That's a guarantee. But this one, Mikhail, sum it up. Yeah, so 2010, this game came out, was pretty freaking great because 2D platformers had a, had made a grand return again already. You know, not not just as uh, download little downloadable titles, but as as full fledged uh, releases with all the fanfare fire that uh, company uh, those. With of course, uh, yeah, new Super Mario Brothers Wii leading the charge. Uh, they were all you know pressed on, on retail discs, not just exclusive downloads and i think for me from when from the moment i started playing i felt like this one carried the torch of new super mario brothers we with its uh yeah unique challenges per level and it's it's very uh focused level design only and here's the charm thing again with uh yeah, a, a ton more charm uh, accustomed to it. And I'm not mad at the way new Super Mario Brothers games look. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're a little bit bland, but I think they look they look fine. But yeah, there's de- definitely a lot of uh, recycling of not too uh, exciting assets. And here you've got like jungly worlds you can peek into the distance and a lot of things going on and a lot of things happening. Uh Unfortunately, I was too much distracted to play it all the way through in a short span of time. So it also happened to me that I uh, started playing Tropical Freeze before I even finished this game. 
because I couldn't stop myself mm-hmm. when I got that for the Wii U. Mm. And that sort of, when you go back, back to Returns, it shows that uh, Returns is in so many ways a little bit of a blueprint uh, for Tropical Freeze. Um, in that, yeah, it, it, it feels a little bit less fleshed out than uh, Tropical Freeze is. And of course, there there's, you know, the the option of uh of customizing your controls to how uh however you see them fit so but you know having gone back to returns uh it was still a ton of fun to to clear this game and it does still have a lot going for it it's also it was also interesting to see that my both my kids uh and they're not massive fan of very challenging games mm-hmm. but they really got into it uh Get into it as well, and they uh, were very, uh, yeah, attracted and charmed by it. And yeah, I mean, even though I'm really um, looking forward to go back into Tropical Freeze and play that all the way through, um, I'm looking back on my full, complete playthrough of this game very fondly. And yeah, like uh, like we said before, there's definitely something to to go back to here in the in the Golden Temple uh, areas. So yeah, good, good. Uh, high budget 2D platforming and a pretty important release, uh, if you ask me, in that uh, in that sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I recommend it too to any platform fan who hasn't picked this one up at any stage. Not sure how many people have a Wii or a Wii U knocking about, or still hooked up, or a 3DS to play that version, or an Nvidia Shield set top box if you're in China. Uh, but you may find a way to play it. I do think it's a darn shame they didn't release both games from the the Wii and Wii U as a double pack on the Switch because a lot more people would have presumably got to play this and it would have just been a nice, probably a better value for money proposition than the release of Tropical Freeze that we got, which we will cover next year. Um, yeah, the, this game can definitely have you swearing and frustrated like you know many of the classic platformers can and there are just things which stop it from being ultra top tier for me along with you know some of the greats are probably just those little moments of design frustration um although i'm very happy with them specifically making a challenging game there's just those little uh moments of feel like the game wasn't entirely fair in terms of the getting the jump exactly right or getting the collision exactly right but the the vast majority of the time i just had a, a great time playing this game always looking forward to the next level and even if even if i had a moment where i had to step away temporarily uh, i'd always come back and like darren said the, the end of the level was tended to be nearer than you feared in a lot of those cases as well uh, the extra yeah. challenge included is uh, ridiculous and brutal but it's there if you want it and equally if you don't think your platforming skills are that great, but you just enjoy the jumping on things and collecting bananas, it's got you covered too. Yeah, probably not the most inspired or inspiring visual style ever, but really attractive, nice cartoon quality animation. And uh, yeah, just a, a fun time with some jolly music, jolly japes and a few swears. Brian. Um, yeah, so my views on this game are pretty positive after playing through it for a second time. Um, I really enjoyed the the package on the 3DS, uh, despite some slight hand cramping, which I think more have been my issue than the 3DS's <laughs> issue, honestly. Just the arthritis. Yeah, probably. Um, but no, I really enjoyed my, my, my revisit to it. Um, 
there are times in the game where I feel like it might be being a little bit too uh, precious with its, um, with its commitment to the the style of the SNES games. I feel like uh, um, it it doesn't do necessarily a lot in taking leaps forward as far as 2D platformers go. But then I get to levels like in the forest where um, I believe the level's called Long Shot Launch, and it's just a a level where you're just blasting from barrel to barrel, and I think that. You know, maybe this is the best the series has ever been. So it has those highs and lows. Um, if anybody has any even remote um, nostalgia or love of, of the original DKC games, I think you're are, it's 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 well worth giving this one a go, whether or not it's on the um, on the uh, on the Wii, if possible, or on the 3DS. But um, absolutely enjoyed my time uh, back through it, and and despite its frustrations, I feel specifically the 3DS version offers a lot in the way of alleviating some of those frustrations and making it a much more approachable game that I think that 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 anybody could enjoy. So yeah, uh, two enthusiastic thumbs up for me. Double thumbs up and mm. more monkey paws up, I suspect, <laughs> from Mr. DK Gargett mm. himself. Yeah, you know, it's kind of, you know, a bit, a bit obvious really that I'm going to say, oh, I really like Donkey Kong games. But, you know, um, I think the, the mindset behind this returning game to the series was to make a better donkey Kong country right and i think they did that um having played you know in my opinion having played them um, the last three this year yeah. i feel like retro came back and just absolutely smashed it like in terms of you know putting it in the in the original trilogy like it's my second favorite out of the four of them and mm. you know I, I still think number two is kind of number one for me in terms of positioning that sounds a bit weird gotcha. to say <laughs> but gotcha. yeah I, I, I feel like retro absolutely beat rare at their own game for uh for, you know, um, a Donkey Kong Country, you know, um, jungling platformer. It's it's really good, but but please remember that you are entering a Donkey Kong Country series, and it is ridiculously hard. As well, as much as they have allowed the game to be more accessible, if you choose to have you know have those options, which is great, the game is still really challenging, and you know it is a platform game. To uh, yeah, to um, get that little stressed vein on the side of your head, but it is it's fun. Like it really is fun once you get used to the idea of. Um, Donkey Kong's inertia and Diddy Kong's kind of jetpack, um, you know, um, platforming uh, precision. It, it it really is a great game, and I want. And while I struggle to get back into it with this 3DS kind of reintroduction for the show, I just absolutely ran with the challenge and uh, and smashed it. And yeah, just just feverish for another one, which was what I did straight away. Plugged in my Wii U and just carried on platforming. So yeah, Donkey Kong Country Returns. I would happily welcome a third one if they would, if Retro were to do that. I don't know what they've been doing since, you know, the Tropical Freeze and Metroid Prime Four. Maybe somewhere along the line they've made another one. I hope because mm. I really want some more platforming stuff in my life. And uh, yeah, if Donkey Kong ain't gonna feed me my next platforming fix, I might have to go elsewhere. So yeah, overall, <laughs> I definitely recommend Donkey Kong Country Returns. Um, but yeah, I want more. That's what I want. More banana. <laughs> Thanks, Darren. Yeah. Uh, and don't forget, listener, if sometimes, I know this, sound, this is going to sound incredibly patronising, but it's something that I forget, so it's a reminder to myself. If the game seems really hard, if you play it more, you'll probably get better at it. <laughs> like, I think a lot, a lot of us do ourselves a disservice thinking it's too hard for me, but mm. maybe it isn't. Like, Yeah, and also, if the game is too hard, it's fine to take the easy option even though your there, your, yeah. your pride might hurt a little bit you you paid 40 quid for a game mm. how about you just play it with the bit where you get the stabilizers on for a minute yeah. it's fine 
Yeah. It's and I finished this without most of the stabilizers, and I'm pretty old. Uh, just mm. just drank some banana juice before the bosses, and I have no qualms about that. <laughs> anyway, it remains for me, Leon, to thank Brian, Darren, and Mikhail, as well as our correspondents, and to you for listening. If you've enjoyed this podcast and you appreciate all the work that goes into the shows that we make and everything else that we do, do subscribe, do rate them and review them on Apple or wherever else. Best of all, though, a dollar a month, that's all we ask. Less than a pound, considerably less than a pound, less than a euro even. Patreon.com slash Rinse for early, extended and extra content. Next time, in our final issue of Volume 8, Issue 400, we conclude two years of JRPG questing with Final Fantasy 15.